This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Warlord, only two people got shot. That is not a mass shooting. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. Oh, I don't know how many were injured. I thought I saw two shot. Perhaps it was two dead. Maybe I was wrong. Who am I? The dude that does the news? What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Not high enough for this shit. Yeah, two dead plus the shooter. Oh, six injured. Okay, so it was a mass shooting. It's just another day. And I call myself a new... And you want to be my latex salesman. Congratulations, Dustin, on the kitty. Second litter robot has been ordered. I do not blame you. These motherfuckers. So the other room, like I sleep in here. So pretty much that room in there is theirs. And it's just covered in kitty litter. I'm constantly having to sweep that room. Gotta give them a rug or some shit. Oh. Yeah, kitties will do that. Maynard was terrified for like a week before he fucking lightened up and, you know, now he's just a shithead. I will, I will smoke to the new kitty. Oh, poor baby. How old is she? You did say she, right? Yeah, you said her. Don't want to misgender the kitty. About three weeks. That's still young to be away from the mother. It was about like six or seven weeks. Oh, three years. Oh, three years. Oh, okay. He like a little teen kitty. That's about how old Maynard was when I got him. <laughs> and it's taken Maynard six years to like actually be loving towards me. Still, still he gives me this face all the fucking time. Where's he at? There it is. I pretty much can't go to the bathroom without Maynard in the bathtub yelling at me. Do you know how terrifying it is to have a cat yelling at you as you piss every day, all day, every day? Every time you take a piss, there's a cat yelling at you. It's, it's, it's horrifying, I'm telling you. Here's your meme of the day. Your high school friend on Facebook. 
Everyone is a pedophile except me. I feel this is a salient meme based upon the fact that you're going to hear from uh, Jim Caviezel later on in the program tonight. Mouthing off about dumb conspiracy shit. Apparently, like he was all batshit about it too. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear what he is. There are people who have been to see the Sound of Freedom who claim they are being sabotaged. Sabotaged. The movie theaters are trying to sabotage the experience. I can't wait to see what these motherfuckers have to say. Miranda Lambert. This is a very, this is a very um, country music centered uh, stream tonight. Miranda Lambert stopped one of her concerts uh, over some fans taking selfies. The fans are actually speaking out. Hey, Miranda Lambert tried to make them look bad and shit. It's not just, it's not just country music. We're going to talk about some rap music. We're going to talk about how a search warrant was issued in, for a Las Vegas home in connection with the murder of Tupac, of Tupac Shakur. This is like fucking 30 years later. <laughs> fucking search warrant issue. I, he was murdered in what, like 95, 96? Almost 30 years, not quite 30. You know me. You know me and my math. I'm bad at the mathing. But then you take my 75% chance of winning and then add 66 and two-thirds percent. Almost 30 years. And two-thirds chance of winning. I kind of, like, it was a big deal because, like, wasn't it the weekend that, wait, where's my camera? Oh, well, that's odd. There we go. What the fuck happened? Not high enough for this shit. I've been arguing with Chris all day. Who's Chris, you might ask? Chris is my Facebook stalker. Chris dreams about the freak daddy all day long. Can't get me out of his head. The actual picture. I don't even know where he came from. Like most most trolls that I pick up, I can tell you like the group, the thread, or I found him on a on a Daily Wire post or something like that. I have no idea who this dude is, where he came from, what it was that I said that set him off. He just showed up like laughing on my page. Like that happens. People come to my page and they're like laughing at my shit. I, I have no earthly idea where I picked him up from. What what I said that triggered him. 
I do know that he tried to argue with me about drag queens. And he said that a drag queen whipped his dick out and told a 10-year-old that it wasn't going to suck itself. Yes, yes, Libertad. Yes, that's him. He said that a drag queen whipped their dick out in front of a 10-year-old and said it's not going to suck itself. I was like, there's no way that happened. So I looked it up, and what he was actually referring to was an ice cream shop that had a drag show. It was like a family-friendly drag show. And there was a sign on the wall that said it's not going to lick itself. An ice cream shop that had a sign on the wall that said it's not going to lick itself. And which, is, which is hilarious. Fantastic. Mwah. Beautiful wordplay. I was like, there's no, there's no drag queen that whipped their dick out in front of a 10-year-old. It was like, it's not going to suck itself. You're, you're a stupid fuck, and you should learn to feel embarrassment. So he um, deleted me, or blocked me after that. And I thought, what up, John? I thought, you know, it was over. It was done. But, like, he unblocked me, like, a week later. And then just like he has trolled me nonstop, I... <laughs> Let me see if I've got screenshots here handy. So he was arguing with my... my so this is my Facebook page. So he's arguing with a bot, right? Ah, all your followers. You mean the people who follow you then immediately snoozer you. No one interacts with your page. I don't have 700 followers, and I get more on mine. <laughs> and then this is like a few days later. It's like it's been thoroughly enjoyable, gore the last several weeks, not commenting on your vapid post, watching the interactions going to nearly nothing, just like your YouTube. And then once again, he gets the auto response. Why'd you send me a freaking message, Chris? I'm just playing. I love all my freaking followers. <laughs> Have a great freaking day, Chris. And then, like, he's, he's responding back to it. Your four fans aren't worth the call. So, you four people watching me right now, you are not worth him calling in and arguing with me. Even though he goes back and forth all goddamn day. Fucking... Arguing with, with other people. Uh, my friends will show up and make fun of him. So he keeps saying he keeps saying the reason why um he sticks around clinically. The reason why he sticks around is because I messaged his wife. <laughs> but all I all I said to his wife was tell your weirdo husband to stop stalking me. And I showed a picture of, you know, him him reacting to many posts in the middle of the night, too. I figured, I figured his, his wife might want to know what he's up to. I, I, I thought I was doing a service. But he's like, oh, how would you like it if I pulled your loved ones in? Buddy, try it, man. Nobody loves me. Who are you, who are you gonna... <laughs> 
ain't nobody love me, so you ain't got no. What are you gonna fucking socks? You gonna tag socks? Socrates. Do you, do you care? Do you care if Chris tag you on Facebook? <laughs> like, let the motherfucker tag me. Oh yeah, we got news. We got news to be doing. I know the thing that everyone came for tonight. It's 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 Jason Aldean, right? And so check this out. This this morning's the freaking news. It's actually this afternoon's because I've been lazy. I've been really I've also been really busy with other things. Lazy and busy with other things. So this morning's freaking news. DJ Dub, Socks hates me too. This morning's freaking so like I usually do like a batch at a time, right? And I put the I put the news together like Sunday night or Monday morning or something, and I had like fucking five or six stories, and one of them was Jason Aldean suffering a heat stroke on stage. This was before the the whole video apparently his video was pulled this morning so it was before the whole controversy thing already had the already had the script laid out so i was like well fuck i'll do this one for today because like he's in the news and uh, on tiktok on tiktok there are people arguing about whether he's racist or not on my video that has nothing to do with that. It is strictly about him passing out. I, so like I, am I gonna play the music video without the music? Am I gonna play it real low? I don't know what we're gonna do here. Maybe I'll just suck it up and all. Yeah, yes, we're gonna watch it, Warlord. We're gonna watch it. I have not watched it. You will get my fresh reaction. But I just like I don't I don't know how I should do it. We'll figure it out when we get there though. That's the end of the show. That's why I came on that's why I came on early for you. But there were people arguing about whether this motherfucker's racist or not. On a video that had nothing to do nothing to do with it. And like people were like, Oh, you people are making him more famous. I'm like, ma'am, I just do the news. Okay. <laughs> it's not true. But in this instance, I just do the news. Speaking of doing the news, we're going to talk about, is it Carly Russell? I've got like, I had this on the, guys, I fell asleep the last couple of nights. Not nights, afternoons. I fell asleep on the couch, missed the show. Last night, I woke up at like 8.45. I was like, well, shit. And I ordered pizza. That's what happened. Nothing glamorous. I wasn't out like robbing a bank or anything. Getting into any kind of mischief. Fell asleep on the couch. Got up, ordered a pizza. I'm sorry I had a show prepared. 
Uh, some of you might have noticed that there was a a YouTube video created. I I even made a thumbnail and everything for it. Uh, sorry. You get some of the content I had from last night tonight. Like the Tupac thing. Tupac is from last night. But also tonight, you get other added bonuses like uh, YNW Melly. Do you know about YNW Melly? Apparently a rapper charged with murder in Florida. We're gonna. I have no clue what this Gilgo Beach murder shit is. We're going to find out together. There's this Wisconsin man who was apparently punched over his tattoos or punched some other dude over his tattoo. I have no clue, but somebody died. Somebody charged with murder. Maybe negligent homicide. Kids are missing after their mom was killed in a flash flood. Children escaped what's being called a house of horrors. Kid was thrown from a carnival ride. I got all kinds of fun shit. <laughs> the lead singer of Foreigner is going to talk about getting smacked in the head with beer cans. That should be fun. Uh, bo- border agent. This is this is a fun. This is a fun story here. Border agents laid traps for migrants. One of them ensnared a a pregnant migrant. Oh, that's not fun. That's not fun at all. Shit. Universal Studios now under investigation for trimming trees. They might they might have purposely trimmed trees to make it harder on the uh, striking workers to pick it. To remove the shade. Investigation has been launched, so fuck it, A. Senator Kirsten Cinema. Multiple reports have come out on her throughout the the first half of 2023 about her uh, funding where her her donor money comes from and how she spends her money. And one of the things about it is her paying Tulsi Gabbard's sister for security. And apparently even after an expose, she is still, still paying Tulsi's sister. Tanahasi Coates showed up at a school board meeting that was trying to ban his book. That should be fun. That There's the fun. We were looking for some fun on this show. Atheist group accuses a city of Fort Worth, Texas. Discrimination. That's some fun. There we go. Wisconsin Republican wants to exempt churches from executive orders. Apparently wants to impeach the governor, Tony Evers. We got some footage of Mark Pocan calling out a bigot on the House floor. Ooh, ooh, Lauren Boebert throwing down the pin of 
honoring school shooting victims. Insane. Oh, the soldier. Uh, There is a U.S. soldier who is now in North Korean custody. We're going to find out about that. Got a whole bunch of others. Ooh, the IRS whistleblower testified in front of Congress. But we are going to start off uh, this evening's stream with uh, the 2024 presidential candidates. Several of them gave interviews that I would like to watch. All of them are kind of long. Trump went on Fox News. Ron DeSantis went on CNN. And as a palate cleanser, Cornell West went on Sean Hannity. All of these should be uh, fun watches. How we're going to start the stream tonight. Welcome. Good evening. Anybody I haven't said hey to? House of Whores? That sounds like a fun time. If you're going to the House of Whores, I've got some advice for you. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. God damn, the news is doing too much right now. I agree with that. I like I feel like the news didn't be this newsy before. Like there's a lot of news to be newsing. And like it's uh, it's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> Fucking shit. Starting off tonight We're going to talk about Trump and the third indictment that he may be facing now. CBS News has obtained information about the target letter that was sent to former President Trump by the Justice Department. And as a reminder, this is part of the special counsel's investigation into the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Special counsel Jack Smith has not formally announced any charges in this probe as of yet. Trump responded by calling this a so-called witch hunt in Iowa on Tuesday. CBS News investigative producer and reporter Graham Cates joins us now. Graham, great to have you back with us. So we have this new information from a senior Trump source, I understand. What more can you tell us? Sure. So what we've gotten is kind of a broad overview. That's a Graham cracker I'd like to munch on. There was a statute that would uh, hint at the charge conspiracy to commit an offense or to defraud the U.S. There was a statute cited that uh, would lend the idea that the charge could be deprivation of rights under the color of law. And another statute where the potential charges range from uh, obstruction of an official proceeding to tampering with a witness. And that obstruction of a proceeding charge, that's one that we've seen in hundreds of cases related to the January 6th riot at the Capitol. And that's the other piece of this case we should acknowledge, which is that it's not just former President Trump, there are a number of people that have been charged, investigated as it relates to the insurrection. So when it comes to this federal statute, you just mentioned a conspiracy to commit an offense or to defraud the U.S., the word conspiracy would lend itself to suggest there was some type of planned coordination between former President Trump and others. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, that actually kind of lends to what we know about the investigation, which is that they've they've talked to, you know, not just Trump, but we've, we've 
heard from all sorts of people in Trump's orbit. Uh, we just found out that um, Arizona, former Arizona Governor Doug Ducey has been contacted by the special counsel's office. This is kind of an investigation that is, is all over the country, all over the map. And of course, then focused also on meetings at the White House during this, this two-month time period after the 2020 presidential election, which Trump lost. Uh, Graham, I want to dig more into what we've learned are the potential offenses. I um, dig more into Graham. Um, of official of government. Stop it! I'm being weird. That we discussed that before. What about some of these others? The conspiracy, uh, t the conspiracy charge, the deprivation of rights uh, charge. Noting that he has not formally been charged with any of these at this point, but how potentially serious could it be for the former president? Well, look, we're, we're looking at felonies, right? We, we don't know yet, so we haven't seen an indictment. We don't know what the evidence underlying any of these things are. Um, and we don't know that the charges are exclusive to this. But we It kind of seems like, given the timeline that he was given towards uh, the end of the week to testify in front of the grand jury, it seemed like we could have charges like next week. That seems fe feasible. Be like next Monday. We what we know is that these are the statutes cited in the letter, and and combined, we this is a very serious case. It's not it's not something that former President Trump can kind of shy away from. Uh, so we we have to we still have to see what's in the indictment, what is the underlying evidence, um, who in his orbit. Um, they're they're going to be citing as as providing information related to this. These are all things that we don't know yet that we can't quite say yet. And on the screen now, our viewers can see uh, what a senior source within former President Trump's orbit is confirming to CBS News as being federal statutes um, alluded to in this letter the president received on Sunday. What's next, Graham? I know that there was a grand jury hearing Thursday, an expectation that former President Trump wouldn't appear, but. What is the next um, shoe to drop in this case, so to speak? Right, so he's invited to appear. He says he's invited to appear um, on Thursday for a grand jury hearing. Defendants very rarely take up that offer. Uh, and so, so from there, usually after a target letter, uh, it's typical that it's not long before an indictment. But that how long not long means in kind of the legal parlance and, and our world are, are different. We, we, it could be a matter of days. It could be more. It could be weeks. We don't actually have this kind of timeline uh, worked out, so we're waiting to see. Are we getting any more information from our our Trump sources, people within the orbit, about how seriously they're Trump sources, how concerned they are for uh, for their boss? Yeah, there's no doubt that that this is being taken seriously. Uh, his uh, his his legal team has because we of... hear him just dismissing it as a witch hunt. Right. Well, so there's there's the public part dismissing it as a witch hunt, and there's the very serious legal preparations for it. And I, I don't think even he would deny that there are, that there are serious plannings, uh, plans of the work for how to handle this. Even though they don't know the specific charges, you, you know that they're already uh, beginning to dig into some of these statutes. And we know the former president is already facing 37 felony counts on a separate case, a separate issue, but also being headed up by um, uh, special uh, counsel Jack Smith. It's 71 if you add in the Manhattan charges. Remind us the timeline of events for the previous time that we were looking at a former president facing federal charges. The distance back then, it was just a few months ago, between Jack Smith releasing a target letter and then the charges being filed. Maybe that will give us guidance as to what might happen now. 
In that case, we found out about the target letter just days before uh, we found out about the indictment. Um, and actually, in Trump's... Is that, is that normal? Is that what we should expect in this case as well? I, I wouldn't want to say it's normal okay. that we should expect that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go that far. But it was also the same in Trump's uh, New York State case. Remember, on, on March 30th in New York State, separate from Jack Smith, he was, uh, he was indicted. And in that case, um, the target letter, it was a little bit more than I, a few days. But I feel like they know that he's going to blab. I'm also wondering, you said uh, that the, the former president has been invited to appear before the grand jury on Thursday. He's very unlikely to, to do so and that most uh, defendants don't. Why is that? Well, when you're when you're preparing for a grand jury, you don't get to have your lawyer by your side. They afford you the ability to kind of step out and discuss stuff with your lawyer, but you don't have the protections that you have in a normal open courtroom. And that's because the entire show is being run by the prosecutors. They're there to convince grand jurors that there's enough evidence to bring a case, not to convict. You know, it's not it's not a trial. So it's just the prosecutors asking questions and there's no cross-examination by your defense team. So it's really risky, and it's just a very unusual thing to go and do it yourself. It's interesting. All right. Graham Cates, thank you. Thank you. Now they alluded to other people being charged. Michigan charged 16 fake electors for Donald Trump with election law and forgery felonies. This happened in state charges. This plan to reject the will of the voters and undermine democracy was fraudulent and legally baseless. The false electors actions undermine the public's faith in the integrity of our elections and not only violated the spirit of the laws enshrining and defending our democracy, but we believe also plainly violated the laws by which we administer our elections in Michigan and peaceably transfer power in America. Even though those are state charges, you've got to figure that Jack Smith's office is aware of these charges, and that would play into the conspiracy. Michigan's Attorney General filed felony charges Tuesday against 16 Republicans who acted as fake electors for then-President Donald Trump in 2020, accusing them of submitting false certificates that confirmed they were legitimate electors despite Joe Biden's victory in the state. Come on, man! The group includes the head of the Republican National Committee's chapter in Michigan, Kathy Burden, as well as the former co-chair of the Michigan Republican Party, uh, Michonne Maddock, and Shelby Township Clerk Stan Grott. I'd say there's more come in other states. Possibly Arizona. Definitely Georgia. Trump went on Fox News last night for a town hall. Here we go. Strap in. Pack a bong. Roll a joint. Get comfy. Our country, whether it's the borders or the elections or kinds of things like this where the DOJ has become a weapon for the Democrats. 
an absolute weapon. And it seems that every time my polls, you know, we're leading by a lot. And we're leading by a lot in a place called Iowa. A lot. And, and not only with the Republicans, but we're leading against Biden by a tremendous amount. They haven't seen anything like it. And they feel like oh, they're going to try and demean and diminish and, and uh, frighten people. But they don't frighten us because uh, we're going to make America great again. That's all there is. We're going to make our, our country. Our country, Sean, is a mess. You know it better than anybody. I mean, frankly, your reporting is incredible. I, I'll be honest, I have never been more fearful of the state of this country than I am right now. Yeah. This motherfucker don't do no reporting. Our policy, our future, our kids, our grandkids. I've never been this way. When you look at Biden with these leaders and they're at the top of their game and they're looking at each other like they don't even believe what's happening, our country is no longer respected. Think of it. Three years ago, energy independent, powerful military that was totally rebuilt. The president announced three days ago, which he should never have said, probably classified information, that we have no ammunition. Now, what do you think China says when they hear we have no ammunition? Uh, no, it's a very, very sad thing. If you look at the worst border in history, we had the best border in history. We had, three years ago, the best border we've ever had. We built hundreds of miles of wall. We got Mexico free of charge, you know, they say about Mexico. Mexico gave us billions of dollars worth of soldiers for years, 28,000 soldiers guarding our border. We had the best numbers we've ever had. Today yeah, we have, I think, the worst Mexico. numbers in the world. Because I don't think there's any country in the world... Oh, they said don't drink the water. ...with millions of people flowing in from, by the way, mental institutions, insane asylums. They don't like me using those names. Get you some street tacos. But we have very bad, very sick people, very ill people coming into our country prisons and jails all over the world. And it's not the four countries that we sort of consider neighbors. It's all over. Last week, we had 129 countries, representatives of people that came into our country illegally. And we're losing our country, and we're losing the spirit of our country. But I will tell you, make America great again, and MAGA, and America first, and all of these things that we talk about, there's never been more spirit. Look at this crowd. There's never been more spirit than we have right now. 2024. 2024 is the most important election that we've ever had. And I used to say it with 2016, and I meant it 100 percent, but we're now, we're going into an almost a communistic state, and I think maybe we're even there. When you look at what they're doing with, you could call it fascist, you could call it Marxist. You could call it communist. What they're doing, like with the Department of Justice, they've... All of those words mean something different, you buffoon. Those, those don't all mean the same thing. Totally weaponized it. It's weaponized like we've never had this before. It's not only me. Catholics, you see what's happening? Uh, parents at school boards. They're being harassed by the Justice Department, by the FBI. Nobody's ever Catholics? seen what's happening right now. God damn it, it's always the fucking Catholics. Catholics. It's probably not him, it's people around him. They have people that are vicious and smart and have horrible ideas for our country. So it's really the people, in my opinion, because I don't think this guy can put together two sentences. I watched him last night. He's almost... Man, he's almost incapable Dicks. of talking. And you know we have. I'm not. I'm not sure he knows today's Tuesday, sir. Well, we have a, we have a problem.
Yeah, this is this is from last night. This was Trump's town hall with Sean Hannity. Problem: We have the potential of a war. I'm not high enough. War with Russia and Ukraine, and that would have never happened before. By the way, if I were president, that would have never happened. If I were president, Ukraine and Russia. I want to get to that. You know, I came here today, and I've, I've watched all of, I watched it two hours with Mark Levin. I watched your hour yeah. with Tucker. I watched your hour um, uh, with Brett Baer. You did two hours with me. I watched you on Maria. I, I watch your interviews. And I, on fake news, CNN, um, I watched that, too. Well, that was a good one. That oh. was a good one. They had a town that was, hall. That was a Trump They class. ended up firing the head of CNN. Because, yeah. And they got the highest ratings in 11 years, and they fired. It's supposed to be the opposite. By the way, you might want to start a show, and at the end of every show, say to somebody, you're fired. That would work, right? You're fired. Uh, all right. Look, but Duty I want fire. to talk about the problem Hannity? and the solutions. In other words, what are the, identify the problems and the solutions. Okay. We cannot ignore today's events, today when you put out your, your truth. What, what, what was today's events? Just another day in mass shooting USA? That's not what, that is not what Sean's talking about, is it? Social post. And by that, I want to talk about what is clearly now what the Judiciary Committee under Jim Jordan is looking into, whether or not our FBI and our Department of Justice have been weaponized and politicized. And I have two headlines here. You know, FBI tipped off Biden team, Secret Service, about plan to interview Hunter, according to a supervisory agent who retired. Tomorrow, there will be another IRS whistleblower. Just like this man, Mr. Trump, came out and said, no, he should have been indicted on felony charges, and I've been doing this, meaning Hunter Biden. Then I can take you back, and you know that I covered this every single night, and my show was vindicated on the issue right. of Trump-Russia collusion that never occurred. The Durham report corroborated it, the Horowitz report. It's a long way of me asking this very simple, basic question. Oh, Andy, and that is, been vindicated of anything. Hillary Clinton and the way she was treated, no prosecutor would prosecute. 33,000 subpoenaed emails deleted, devices destroyed. Then her dirty dossier. And that dossier was used to get four FISA warrants. And then you look at the FBI in 2019. They had Hunter Biden's laptop in December of 2019. They verified it in March of 2020. And yet, dirty FBI dossier is my favorite Michael Jackson song. Were meeting with big tech companies, telling them, according to Yoel Roth, the former Twitter integrity site head, telling them that it might be about Joe or Hunter. That laptop story got censored. The American people were denied the truth about what would be a bombshell story. And by the way, it still is censored because they haven't really gotten into the meat with all of the great reporting done. And this has really want to see Hunter Schlong. The press is fake. It's fake and it's just uh, horrible, actually. But there's still been some great reporters and great reporting done. And you are at the lead. You've been incredible. He's but not a reporter. When you look at that, they haven't even gotten to the bottom of the laptop. They don't want to put the pictures in. They don't want to. They have pictures in there that anybody else, they go away for 10 years. What happened to Hunter is he got a traffic ticket. Other people are being sentenced to many years in jail for doing much less. 
He got a traffic Apparently, ticket. Apparently, if we get 10 the years in jail, we look at the pictures. Know, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Now, uh, Jim Jordan and Jamie Comer, these guys are doing a great job. But the problem is you find out the crime, but nothing happens with it. Instead, they go after you. Like, for example, Hillary Clinton's home wasn't raided. Yeah. Joe Biden's garage wasn't raided. The UPenn Center wasn't raided. The University of Delaware wasn't raided. His home, beach home, I don't know how he affords a beach home on a senator's salary, that wasn't raided. Hunter Biden is being protected, obviously. Um, cocaine in the White House, 10-day investigation, they, they, they literally interview nobody. Okay, investigation's over. Would that have happened in your White House? Well, well, listen to this. Even you mentioned the beach home. Well, the beach home had all these documents in it, right? It was by the Corvette. They're on the floor. Classified documents. No, that's not the place. beach home. That, the beach home was another place no, they no, found. No, no, this is also the beach home. And they had the Corvette, where they had the Corvette. Yeah. And a tremendous amount of payment was made for that home by somebody to Joe Biden. And it was a big story for about one day, and then you don't hear about it anymore. It's incredible. But when you look at the documents all over the place, whatever happened to that one? They go after me on documents, and I have the Presidential Records Act, which is a big deal. And the Presidential Records Act is a... I mean, it's Hannity. He's basically pulling a Trump rally. ...than anybody else. Why weren't their homes raided? Well, let me just tell you, I'm protected by Presidential Records Act, and they come up with this obscure, crazy theory, a madman theory. This guy... No, the fun, the fun comes when we have Cornell West with Hannity. And you're going you're gonna to get to see that here in just a little bit. And that is mm, magnificent. He is a deranged prosecutor who's had tremendous failures all over the place. He's a nasty, horrible human being. They come after me. Now they have, Biden has many, many thousands. I mean, he's got 2,000, almost 2,000 boxes of documents. They can't get to him because the college or whatever that has him doesn't want to give him. But and he probably told the college. But more importantly, China gives millions of dollars. Told the college boy. He's got them all over the place. And maybe worst of all, he's got documents in Chinatown. In Chinatown, many, many documents, boxes of documents. You don't ever hear about this. All you hear about is Trump. And I'm totally covered by the Presidential Records Act and also by the Clinton socks case. You know what that is. That's what Clinton took out tapes in his socks, and he put them in his drawer, and they sued him just on a very civil basis, and he ended up winning the lawsuit, and the judge said he can have whatever he wants, and that's called the presidential records. What about Sandy Berger shoving documents yeah, yeah, down they, his pants? Oh, there are many instances of it, but especially when you're president, and Joe Biden wasn't president. You're only covered by the Presidential Records Act if you're president. Joe Biden wasn't president. In fact, Joe Biden was senator for many years, and they've got a lot of classified documents when he was senator, and other Democrat senators can't even believe the fact that he has these documents. Can't even, they said, I watched Dick Durbin, here's another beauty. Fucking I watched Dick, Dick Durbin, Durbin saying, I can't believe that he took them. I couldn't, he couldn't even believe it. So it's a very, <laughs> it's a two-tier system, but it's worse than that, it's a very corrupt system. Okay, so my, my question to you is, when you see that Hillary had top secret classified information, and the conclusion of Jim Comey, no prosecutor would ever prosecute. 33,000 subpoenaed emails deleted, devices destroyed. Okay, then we have the FBI in early October. Acid wash. Sent agents over the pond to meet yeah. with Christopher Steele. They offered him a million dollars to verify any part of that to get dossier. Trump. To get Trump. Okay, they couldn't verify it. 
But then, Millie. In late October, even though it wasn't verified, they used that, according to Andrew McCabe, deputy FBI director, without that dirty dossier, they would never have gotten those FISA warrants approved. Dirty now, dossier. They couldn't verify. This is my favorite Michael Jackson song. None of it was true. And yet they will use that as a backdoor to spy on your campaign and your presidency. Yep. Is that a dual system of justice? No, very, and the whole thing with Pfizer was horrible. But you know, one thing we did that was so great, I fired Comey very early. And a lot of people said, oh, you should have done it. Well, you know, they're given a term. They're given a term very early. I couldn't believe that shit happened. Not immediately early, but very early, early in a few months. And I got rid of this guy. And by doing that, it was like you threw a rock at a hornet's nest. The whole thing collapsed. You saw the love letters back and forth with the different people talking about the insurance policy. You know what the insurance policy is? That was against me. That was how to... If she, for some reason... The fuck is he talking about? We have an insurance policy. The insurance policy is they'll get me out. One way or the other, they'll get me out. Because you know what? This is 30, 35 years of being put into government. And you get there... And initially, I didn't know people in Washington. I was there 17 times in my entire life. I never stayed over. Never. That was the over. Peter Strzok text. I'm president of the United States. I relate, and we had tremendous people also. Don't forget, biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history. Rebuilt our military, <laughs> took out ISIS, took out Soleimani, took out Al Baghdadi, the two biggest terrorists in the world. I mean, what we did was incredible. Strongest border we've ever had. Everything was good. No inflation. Best economy in history. We did all of this stuff. We had tremendous, we had tremendous people. Look, they made a lot of money. Yeah. No, no, sorry. We had tremendous people. But we also had some you rely on. Well, the best on people. You rely on people that you knew. You rely on other politicians to give you answers. And you find out that they are uh, rhinos or they gave you bad advice. So we had some that weren't good. But when you think, uh, Comey had a term. He had many years left in that term. I said, this guy's bad news. I realized it very early, very early in the administration. I fired him. And it was wild. That's when we found out all of the corruption. Had I not fired Comey, you wouldn't know any of the things that you were talking you about. You think right they would have destroyed you? Well, they were trying to take me out. Yeah, they were trying to take me out. I mean, it was like a coup. It was like a coup. Had I not, you know, it's very interesting. Some people that are very smart, that you know very well, Said and he knows about coups. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. You're going to cause. Now they say it was the greatest instinctual move they've ever seen because Comey was a very bad guy, and Comey led that group of uh, thugs in there. And they there's not many people in this country that tried to pull a coup. It's years. And he is one of them. Of putting in people, Democrats and rhinos and other people, but putting them into office. And we got rid of a lot of them, but we're going to get rid of a lot more, a lot more, because you have some bad people. One more question. In the past, I think it's been a mistake. I, I'm like you. I, I think we should have paper ballots, same-day voting, make Election Day a national holiday. Down with the holiday part. In every precinct, watching the voting and then watching the vote counting, and when the polls close, declare a winner, game over. Right. But that's not the system we have. Republicans have been reluctant and resistant towards early voting, mail-in voting, and and they've also been resistant towards legal ballot harvesting, which Democrats have mastered. Well, he's almost certainly getting arrested. Hundreds of millions of dollars in ads. Twice in the next uh, as many months. Shake a hand or kiss a baby or do a town hall. 
My question is, do you now encourage and embrace early and voting, voting by mail, and legal ballot harvesting? I do, but I also have to say something else, because the one thing a lot of people... But this is important. Including you, you do. don't talk about. They also create phony ballots, and that's a real problem. That's my opinion. But they you, create but a lot of know, phony ballots. Has your mind shifted? In, in other words, I think if Republicans start out Election Day down... 200, 300, 500,000 votes, that's, that becomes nearly impossible to catch up with. For some reason, Republicans always wanted to go out on Tuesday and they wanted to vote, and I respect that. I think it's great, and it would be great if we could get back to one day and we all the things that you said, with one thing I agree else, with you. With voter ID. With voter ID, because the Democrats don't and want signature voter verification. How about this? They don't want voter ID because they want to cheat. You know, they want to cheat. They don't want voter ID. Even the Democrats, regular Democrat people, want voter ID, but the leaders don't because they can't cheat. The one thing we have to be very careful of is phony ballots. Everything you say is great, but they create ballots. That's my opinion, and that's the opinion of a lot of people. Will you encourage your voters? That's my opinion, he says. To ha go along with the system of early voting and voting by mail. Because I, I, I think if you don't, you it's a big mistake. I've noticed that the closed captioning can't really keep up with Trump. You know, they send them in and all of a sudden they're gone. Those ballots get lost also. The answer is I will because you would like it. But you okay. know what? Can You're I be honest? For me. Okay. But a lot of, i got to take a break. But, Sean, a lot of bad things happen to those ballots also. They're sent in early and all of a sudden, where are they? Bad, look. We have very corrupt elections. We have no borders. If you don't have borders and if you don't have good elections, you don't have a country, and that's where we are. But I'm okay with by the end of By the end of this year, we'll probably have, under Joe Biden, nearly 8 million illegal immigrants since he's been president. Quick, quick break. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click. Fuck you, Sean Hannity. We didn't learn a goddamn thing from watching the former president speak. The campaign trail as the 2024 race heats up. Trump's closest challenger, Ron DeSantis, went on with CNN. Is with Jake Taber. Uh, your chief competitor, the front runner right now, uh, Donald Trump, says he was informed that he is the target of special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And Mr. Trump has until Thursday to report to the grand jury. If Jack Smith has evidence of criminality, should- You gotta love being a candidate. The first thing the they ask you about. This country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences. And I think that's wrong. Alvin Bragg- The dude is leading you. Statute in, in Manhattan to be able to try to target Donald Trump. Most people, even people on the left acknowledge, if that wasn't Trump, that case would not have likely been brought uh, against- There is a, there is an effort by right-wingers to paint the, even the left says blah, blah, blah. Even the left is saying the, the trans rights has gone too far. And I'm like, no the fuck we haven't, motherfucker. You do not speak for me. You shut the fuck up. And it's a infuriating thing that I've noticed a lot of them doing here lately. So go fuck yourself, Ron DeSantis. You do not speak for me. Civilian. And so you have a situation where Department of Justice, FBI, uh, have been weaponized 
uh, against people they don't like. And the number one example of that happened to be against Donald Trump with the Russia collusion. Uh, that was not a legitimate investigation that was being done to try to drive Trump out of office. And so Every said, investigation uh, showed that it was a legitimate investigation. Standard of justice to end weaponization of these agencies. We're going to have a new FBI director on day one. Uh, we're going to have big changes at the Department of Justice. Americans across the political spectrum need to have confidence that what is going on is based on the rule of law, not based on what political tribe you're in. And then the second thing I would say is this country needs to have a debate about the country's future. If I'm the nominee, we'll be able to focus on President Biden's failures, and I'll be able to articulate a positive vision for the future. Uh, I don't think it serves us good. I'm calling it now. He is. He not only will not be the nominee. I do not think he makes it to the first primary. We've already seen him fire staff. We we've heard that he's running out of cash. So I I don't I don't believe he makes it. We're a long way from January. I don't even I don't even know when Iowa is. Is it the end of January? Is it the beginning of February? It's either it's either going to be the last week of January or the beginning of February. He doesn't make it. He does not. He like he ain't going to last the holidays. To have a presidential election focused on what happened four years ago uh, in January, and so I want to focus on looking forward. I don't want to look back. I, I do not want to see him. I hope he doesn't get charged. I don't think it'll be good for the country. Uh, but at the same time, I've got to focus on looking forward, and that's what we're going to do. Jack Smith has um, prosecuted Democrats, too. I mean, he prosecuted, or at least was part of the prosecution of Senator Menendez, uh, Senator John Edwards. Are you saying that if he finds evidence of- Harris could at least make it uh, through a few primaries. We made it to Super Tuesday. On the other side of the political spectrum. If you're stretching statutes to try to criminalize maybe political disagreements, that is wrong. Now, look, this is all speculation, but I think we've gone down the road in this country of trying to criminalize uh, differences in politics rather than saying, okay, you don't like somebody, then defeat them in the election rather than trying to use uh, the, the justice system. So we don't know what's going to happen. But I can or tell what you if they crime. commit crimes and we prosecute them? The evidence of criminality was, was very weak. And even if that, that existed, other people would not have been charged under those circumstances. That's the problem. Let's talk about this sweeping new military policy you proposed uh, that, in your words, uh, will rip the... I don't like the way... Jake Tapper's not even pushing back on him. He's talking about other people wouldn't be charged, motherfucker. If, if I mishandled classified documents, I would be in a cell. I would not be released before a trial. We've seen this time and again. Reality winner thought she was just going in to answer some questions. And then she didn't see the light of day for like 10 years. So, no. That's no. Just blatantly lied. The woke out of the military... The Pentagon response is that Army... Oh, she dropped out before Iowa? ...been in years. Uh, and re-enlistment in the Army is the best it's been in years. So there oh, wow. are... response. What problem are you trying to solve? 
well, why do we have the worst recruiting uh, that we've had since the Vietnam conflict? Uh, why have great warriors being driven off, such as with unemployment is low? Unemployment is low. Military uh, industrial complex is bullshit. Making defense contractors going out, and I've I've heard it time and time again. Our military going out with these contractors that are making $50, $70 an hour. And the fucking troops are making fucking shit. They've got shit duties. It like, it don't jive, man. Why would anybody want to do that? It's not a, it's not a good job to go and protect fucking uh, contractors <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to go do that shit with the COVID-19 shot mandates these were people that had been performing admirably a lot of them had had COVID they had natural immunity they were told take this shot or leave so I think you've had they were told problem. to take a hell of a lot of shots or leave with recruiting and at this levels everybody has acknowledged these recruiting levels are at a crisis why is that the case I think it's because people see the military losing its way, not focusing on the mission and focusing on a lot of these other things, which, man, we see that in other aspects of society as well. People want to join the military, I think, because they think it's something different. And I think some of the civilian leaders in the military are trying to have the military mimic corporate America academia. That's ultimately not the military work. is mandated to take shots. We ain't never fucking heard of. That's right. Clinically, I'll give you a copy of it if you want. They haven't released it, but I got my hands on a copy and it looked at it surveyed people, I think 16 to 28 barriers to service and beyond the ones such as don't want to die, don't want to be injured, don't want to be away from my family. The biggest issues were the number two issue, women and racial or ethnic minorities are discriminated against in the army. Wokeness is listed here, but it's only it's only number nine. Um, so that would suggest that wokeness is not as big. Well, but I think there's an issue about, like not everyone really knows Up what wokeness is. Woke I mean, I've lists. defined it, but a we'll lot of people see who, who cancels what, what, who. What the fuck is wokeness? rail against wokeness can't even define it and so i think it's a sense of you know this is not something that's that's holding true to the core martial values that make the military unique uh and i can tell you the veterans you don't have to look far and wide go to a vfw hall go to an american legion uh there's huge amount of concern about the direction uh, that the military is going with all this and here's the thing things like dei and all that stuff it hasn't worked in other aspects of society. It very well may be on the constitutional chopping block in light of the uh, Supreme Court's decision on, on racial discrimination in higher education. And so it's not a model that I think is going to be successful in the military. And so we're going to do uh, what has been successful in the past, and I think you're going to see better recruiting as a result. So the Pentagon says that they do try to achieve diversity in recruiting, but not when it comes to promotions that's all merit-based well i mean i think that we have seen standards uh, uh watered down in different situations I, I think that that's probably not accurate obviously they're going to say they're doing a good job i mean we get that that's going to be uh, their thing but but i don't think that that's <laughs> turn to foreign policy because obviously that goes hand in hand with military policy in many ways as a congressman into that the way he said that that cracked me up nation and higher education and so it's not a model that i think is going to be successful in the military and so we're going to do uh, what has been successful in the past and i think you're going to see better recruiting as a result so the pentagon says that they do try to achieve diversity in recruiting but not when it comes to 
promotions, that's all merit-based. Well, I mean, I think that we have seen standards uh, uh, watered down in different situations. I, I think that that's probably not accurate. Obviously, they're going to... We, we've seen standards watered down when you were overseeing waterboarding, motherfucker. Oh, put that in your hash pipe and smoke it. Going to say they're doing a good job. I mean, we get that. That's going to be uh, their thing. But but I don't think that that's uh, in tune with reality. Absolutely. So um, let's turn to foreign policy because obviously that goes hand in hand with military policy in many ways. As a congressman in 2015, you strongly backed arming Ukraine after Russia invaded and seized uh, Crimea. As a presidential candidate, not high enough. Is not a vital national interest. So as president, what will, your, what will your policy be? Will you want to stop arming Ukraine? Will you stop financial support for Ukraine? So first, a vital national interest to me means we would potentially send troops there. And I don't think anybody wants to see troops in Ukraine. And I would believe that in 2015 as well. It's more of a secondary or, or tertiary interest. So my policy is going to be very simple. Our number one threat to our country is from China in terms of foreign threat. What? We also Why? have a threat of being able to not secure our own border. Tens of thousands of people are dying every year because the cartels are running fentanyl. So you got to be... Do you know that border apprehensions are down like 70% in the last month or month and a half? That blew my fucking mind when I heard that. We were like, we were at a record apprehension in like May or April or some shit like that. 70 something percent in the last month, month and a half. Be strong at home if you want to be strong abroad. We are going to approach the world instead of Europe being the focus like it has been since World War II. And it was understandable why it would be after World War II. NATO stopping the Soviets, I get it. But now the Asia-Pacific really needs to be, to our generation, what Europe was to the post-World War II generation. And so what we're doing is how much hard power can we marshal as much as possible to deter China? I think we're in a situation now with how we've been uh, that we are going towards maybe having a conflict with China. I think the way to deter that conflict with China is to be strong. Hey, fuck so you. Fuck you. More in Europe. Um, that's more in their backyard. That's more of an interest for them. You know, I would be willing to be helpful to try to bring it to a conclusion there, but I am not going to diminish our stocks and not send to, to Taiwan. I'm not going to make us less capable to respond to exigencies. And you got to care at least as much about your own border as you do about foreign borders. So when you talk about trying to bring, uh, bring an end to the conflict, would you um, push Zelensky to make concessions to Russia to cede land that Russia seized in, in, in its attack? So what I would say is, what would the- Is there any way that the conflict ends without them ceding land? It's wild, I don't know. Like, you- Ah! <laughs> it, se it seems like, you know, some negotiated peace is gonna have to give up some part of Crimea. That the not Crimea, like the fucking the the rest of the Dumbos region. I don't know. I don't know. Goal should be a sustainable, enduring peace in Europe, but that one that does not reward aggression. And there's going to be different levers that you're going to be able to pull. We will pull some levers against Russia. 
We're going to do be much more aggressive on energy and export because I think that's been Putin's lifeline. I want the Europeans dependent on the United States for that. He not him. We're also going to turn the screws on the Iranians. The Iranians have been one of Putin's biggest benefactors and benefited from Biden's approach there. So, so we'll use the leverage that we have, uh, but the goal is going to be a sustainable peace that does not reward aggression. What do you say to the argument that Xi Jinping is watching the U.S. response to Ukraine to game out how the U.S. would respond if China invaded Taiwan? Tell Pooh Bear to go suck it. Would defend Taiwan if China invaded. Would you do the same? Would you order the U.S. military to defend Taiwan? Well, two things. So first, how does China view this? I mean, it's somewhat speculative. Uh, I think what they would like to see in Russia, Ukraine is a multi-year stalemate and quagmire where the West is pouring in hundred billion, another two hundred billion dollars of weapons. Our stocks continue to decline. They don't really care about the Russians. Russia will be more dependent on China as a result of that. So I think that's what Xi would like to see ideally. Now, in terms of Taiwan, that is a significant interest of the United States. Taiwan is a strong ally. Uh, Taiwan is important for us economically and for a variety of other reasons. Also, uh, a potential Chinese attack on Taiwan successfully would have big reverberations in the Asia Pacific. But our policy is going to be very simple. We're going to deter that from happening. China respects hard power. If you have hard power, if you have strong alliances with the Japanese, so I visited there a few, few months ago. The Koreans and the Japanese are getting along now. They never used to get along because they both see the threat uh, posed by China. So we're going to work together. We're going to be much stronger. We're going to project power and we're going to deter that from happening. Let's talk about. He keeps saying hard power. And like, it sounds like oddly sexual to me. You live in sexual anarchy. Richard, that's what I'm thinking. Like, China isn't going to do a military invasion. Like, uh, some sort of absorption economically somehow is exactly what's going to happen. Some issues here uh, in the United States. Uh, you've been asked by this by a number of uh, members of conservative media, and you have yet to give a yes or no answer. You recently signed a six-week abortion ban in Florida. Yes or no, would you support this that dude. as a nationwide ban? So I said I'm pro-life. I will be a pro-life president, um, and we will support pro-life policies. Um, at the same time, I look at what's going on in the Congress, and, you know, I don't see them, you know, making very much headway. I think the danger from Congress is if we lose the election, they're going to try to nationalize abortion up until the moment of birth. And in some liberal states, you yeah. actually have post-birth abortions. And I think that that's wrong. Also, with respect to the military thing that we... Sir, post-birth abortions are not a thing. That's a joke I used to tell on stage way back when. Those don't... Ha that's... That's infanticide. That if that happens, that's murder. <laughs> Talked about. We're going to reverse the abortion tourism policy in the Department of Defense. They are actually paying people uh, to go and get abortions with American tax dollars as part of the military. They won't even pay you. You lose a loved one. You don't get that type of time off to be able to go uh, to do funerals. And so we're going to continue uh, to stand for uh, to stand for life, and we're going to make sure that everybody knows that. Well, I think they so should they get that kind of time off for of funerals. Because some of your supporters are disappointed that your campaign has yet to catch fire the way they would want in terms of polling. 
Uh, one Republican pollster, one who is sympathetic to you, I was asking her about your campaign, and she said she thought the issue was you bumped up at the beginning because voters, Republican voters, saw you as a more electable conservative like did he like did he bump at any point but then time? they say as you go further and further to the right on some of these divisive social issues that could alienate moderates suburban moms etc republican voters see you as less and less electable uh, what do you say to that analysis well, i don't think it's true i mean the, the proof is in the pudding i mean i took a state that had been a one-point state and we won it by 20 percentage points, 1.5 million votes. Uh, our bread and butter were people like suburban moms. Uh, we're leading a big movement for, for parents' rights, to have the parents be involved in education, school choice, get the indoctrination out of schools. Of course, there's bread and butter issues that matter too. Inflation, uh, more economic opportunity. Florida's economy is ranked number one of all- Florida the had the worst inflation of any state. Fine. Crime in all these different communities uh, that is now even going into suburbs and some areas. So I think that there's a lot of things. I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason is, is uh, I was getting a lot of media. He says that a lot. The proof is in the pudding. I had to do my job as governor with my legislative session, and we had a great legislative session. We did a lot of great things, actually things that are appeal to huge majorities of the of the population. So that analysis is wrong. Um, but I had to do that. And so I was basically taking fire uh, really nonstop since then because a lot of people view me as a threat. I think the left views me as a threat because they think I'll beat Biden. <laughs> and actually I'm not high enough for people. this. Of course, people that have their allegiances within the re allegiances in the public. Don't side go back. There's no reason to go back. You don't have to catch up. State process. I'm not running a campaign to try to juice Stay current. You know, we are in the national polls. I mean, I whatever we did in the CNN compared, whatever, it's fine. I'm definitely well, you can pass out. Than it's state else. by state, obviously. It's state by state. Right. So we're focused on building an organization. You got to get people to come out in the middle of January in Iowa uh, to caucus for you. That requires an organization, requires to know where those votes are. Now, that is not going to make the same type of splash. Finger uh, thing. We're trying to run ads nationally or do those other things. And so uh, we've been making you know, really good progress. I think this weekend was really good in terms of the family leader and some of the other things we were doing in Iowa. Of course, we're here in South Carolina. We're going to do a lot in New Hampshire, but that's going to be our focus. South Carolina. Continuing to build our coalitions and going forward. And I would also just note, Jake, there is a narrative that they're almost trying a little too hard with this to try to say, because they've been saying that I've been doing poorly for my whole time as governor, basically. This is always the case during COVID. Oh, could be because you have. Gonna lose. Then he fought Disney. He's going to lose. And then this. So they always want to get there. It never quite works out. In fact, I actually remember you, you did the debate with us in 18. Sure. And before we did the debate on CNN, and you didn't have anything. Oh, yes. Yes. He has a funky way of eating pudding. Like, he eats pudding with his fingers. It's some weird fucking... What would you call it? It's not a tick. It's affectation of his that he eats pudding with, like, three fingers like this. DeSantis lore, indeed. I did know about that, yes. If you're going to stick a finger in the butthole, I have solid advice. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. There's something wrong with me. To Paul saying I was down like 14 or 15 points. Now, that was the narrative at the time. He's going down. So I think some of this is motivated reasoning, but I kind of get a kick out when they say he didn't fundraise well when 
I did more Maybe than Biden indeed. and Trump in the second quarter, and I'm just the governor. So I didn't believe that poll was accurate, just for the record. <laughs> um, your new policy that you announced today about the military would ban transgender Americans from serving in the military, regardless Fuck of him. their ability. And this comes on the heels of your campaign retweeting a video that the log cabin Republicans, which is a conservative LGBTQ group, said, quote, ventured into homophobic territory, unquote. It did. We watched million it. million trans adults in the U.S. What are their lives and the lives of the people who love and support them going to be like under a DeSantis administration? Well, look, in the military, it's all about the mission first. So there's a whole bunch of reasons uh, why you focus on mission first. People's individuality, it does take, you You do have to check that at the door. And that's not the only example. There's a whole host of other examples. So I think the military culture is unique in terms of that. By the way, that's one of the reasons why, uh, if anyone's unaware, one of the reasons why trans people enjoy being in the military is because they're looked at like just everybody fucking else. There's, there's like, there's no difference when they're there in combat. They're just their brothers and sisters in arms. <laughs> That's literally the selling point for them. And for a, like, I'm, I'm definitely anti-military, but for the longest time, there, there have been very few options for trans people to actually make a living and the military is an actual viable option for them. And if they, if they want to join the, it's the Bill Hicks thing. Anybody dumb enough to join the military, anybody dumb enough to want to join the military should be allowed to. <laughs> so China got all the eye pussy. I would piss. If Xi Jinping had an open eye hole, I would piss in it. Give me that Winnie the Pooh eye pussy. Now, in terms of the larger issue, the question is, is, you know, what role does someone that's a man have in women's activities, even if they conceive of themselves to be God a woman? God damn it. It's wrong to have men compete in women's sports. I understand. Sorry for the transphobia. But it's not fair to the girls who are competing. It's not fair to the women athletes. The swimmers who lost that national championship uh, to the Penn swimmer, I mean, they've been training too. So I don't think it's good for that. And I think having things like locker rooms where they're having to share uh, with somebody who's of the opposite sex, you know, I, I think is wrong. So I would respect everybody, but what I wouldn't do is turn society upside down uh, to be able to accommodate, which is a very- Nobody's turning society upside Last down. Last about your military policy, because your new military policy says that the Pentagon should never prioritize climate politics over national I don't know security. what that means. Uh, but this week we heard from the Associate Director of Military Affairs for the CIA, who told a room full of National Guard leaders and allies from other countries, that climate change supercharges almost every other global threat because of refugees, because of conflicts, because of all sorts of reasons. What's your response to that? The, the Navy has to raise their bases. It's about politics, it's about national security. Well, here's the thing. How are you gonna equip your fighting force to win? Are you gonna put those considerations in? Are you gonna create the most lethal force available? I can tell you, China is not gonna use those considerations. Yes, they, they are. Coal to defend their country they are going to burn more coal to defend their country. So I just don't think it should be a factor in terms of how we project po uh, power in this country. Focus on how lethal we can be and focus on getting the mission done. Uh, I don't want to force the Department of Defense to be using electric vehicles. I just don't think that that's something uh, that makes any sense.
you entered your candidacy officially for the Republican contest here in South Carolina. Before you go, are you going to win South Carolina? Yeah, we are. I think this is a great setup for me. I'm the only not make it to South Carolina. Elected since 1988, that served in a war. There's very few states in this country with a stronger active duty military presence and veteran presence than here. Uh, we've also got great support in the upcountry in South Carolina that we're building. And of course, my wife went to college at Charleston, so we know the low country well, and I think we're gonna be able to build a lot of support here. So this is a great state for us, and the way the calendar's working out, you're gonna have New Hampshire school. in July, or January, and then this here in the Cox. So We're gonna be spending a lot of time, you're gonna be spending a lot of time in South Carolina. All right, Governor DeSantis, All thanks right, so much thanks. for your time today. Yeah. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Jake, uh, Jake Tapper will be in South Carolina. Ron DeSantis will not. <laughs> Just saying, not going to make it. Now, I promise you a palate cleanser. It, okay, okay, it is the, the Gamecocks. Go from Trump to DeSantis to now third party candidate Cornell West was on with Sean Hannity. Panic in the Democratic Party. Joe is Biden's re-election is anything but certain. Multiple challenges on, now threaten to derail Biden's campaign from within, and that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of laughing at that. Includes, of course, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., activist scholar Dr. Cornell West, who will join us in a minute, also now causing anxiety among Biden lobbyists and loyalists. And after announcing a run for the Green Party, Cornell West will join us and tell us why. Now, he is now blasting Biden over his, quote, crimes against humanity. But it's not just JFK, RFK Jr. and Cornell West. Apparently, Biden's reelection bid is so fragile that many on the left now are losing sleep over the emergence of a new self-described moderate political group known as the No, no Labels Party. And today, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, he headlined an event with the No Labels Party. Do we think that Joe Manchin gets into the race as a third party candidate. I encourage it. I don't know who he's stealing fucking votes from. Like he would, he would steal more votes from Trump than he would Joe Biden. I think Manchin would be a positive for the Democrats. I, that's that's not something that's gonna make the fucking Dems shake in their boots. Party in New Hampshire fueling speculation that the Democrat might in fact run as a third party candidate. And by the way, when asked about it, he said, "Well, he has no no answer at this time." Now that includes the intellectual heavyweights. By the way, at ABC's hard hitting political news show, The View, they're deeply concerned. Take a look. This no-labels third-party group getting in is only going to serve as a spoiler to one side. I tend to... Fucking Hannity may get me fucked up because of The View. The View gets me taken down every time I play a clip now. Because let's just 
put things in context. This is not a normal thing. This is not Bill Clinton versus George, uh, George Herbert. That's Warner what I'm Bush thinking. They mansion will pull Republicans. This is Donald Trump. He is a threat to national security. This is insane. And you he ain't wrong. Anything that could possibly help Donald Trump become president. You cannot be an accomplice on that. Now, if Joe Biden ends up making it to election day as the party's not, he will. And that's a big if. He can't afford I, to like, two or three. Okay, so guys, I'm in, I'm in these political groups, right? And the right-wing morons are convinced that Joe Biden won't even be running for president. Like that's the that's the thing. They are convinced that Joe Biden won't be running for president and that Trump will. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like if Trump makes it, Trump will win the primary. Will he be? Because my bet is that he's going to be too encumbered with his legal battles. We're talking he's getting ready to be indicted again. And I am pretty positive he'll be indicted again, again. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that he's got time to run for president. So if anybody fucking not making it to 2024, it's Trump. I, there is a a conspiracy that they're going to swap out Biden for Gavin Newsom. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Biden is running for president. I've said that all along. He points to a third party candidate. Now there's virtually no room for error, and for Joe Biden, especially in states like Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan. And given Biden's strange and very creepy behavior that is only getting worse. Look, look at this tape. Look at this. Look at this poor girl recoiling. He is becoming a serious liability day by day. Last week was a disaster. So naturally, Democrats are lashing out with the same old dishonest political strategy. The old playbook scare tactic, tactics uh, are back just in time for 2024. And they're now more. So if I'm right. Ron DeSantis doesn't make it to the primary and Trump doesn't make it to the general. Who is actually going to be the candidate on the Republican side? Dramatic than ever. You decide. <laughs> no! Sorry, you can't use those. What are you talking about? Who are you? I'm the Republican congressman. Now that we're in charge, we're banning birth control. This is our decision, not yours. Get out of our bedroom. I won the last election. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to watch and make sure you don't do anything illegal. No Republican wants to be in your bedroom. None that I've the heard fuck? of. Anyway, the fuck? Democratic Party, they're just lying to you, as per <sighs> usual. Republicans are not coming for your birth control. They don't want dirty air, dirty water, and they don't want to throw grand... So in spite... In spite of the fact that we're probably he's probably going to be on trial for the classified documents before the primary, you still think Trump will be the nominee? It'll be Trump and RFK.
You think RFK is going to win the Democratic primary? That one's hard to believe. ...off a cliff. And if Democrats really want to combat racism, sexism, well, they may want to start from within. After all, it was the Democratic Party that founded the KKK. They're the ones that fought against school integration and are now fighting against school choice. In fact, Joe Biden himself worked with segregationists, including his mentor, the former Klansman, Robert KKK Byrd. Remember to slow wow. in public schools? He didn't want his kids to grow up in a, quote, racial jungle. And in 1993, it was Biden that co-sponsored the crime bill that resulted in the mass incarceration of African-Americans who Biden referred to as predators on our streets. Left-wing scholar Dr. Cornell West is now openly accusing Biden of committing crimes against humanity, against African-Americans. Dr. West is seeking the Green Party's nomination for president in 2024. He joins us now, sir. Always good to have you back. How are you, my friend? Oh, indeed. I appreciate you having me back and hope you and your... I think Trump's VP pick is Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, I understand the idea of RFK, but I believe it will be Marjorie Taylor Greene. Conventional wisdom in politics says to take a vice presidential candidate from a state that you need to win. And Trump needs Georgia to flip for him. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the congresswoman from Georgia. She is one of the top fundraisers for Republicans. She is angling for the vice presidential uh, nomination. I totally believe that Trump will pick Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it's a woman. He gets he gets that diversity pick. He gets a he gets someone from a state that he needs to win. Marjorie Taylor Green. So RFK is seen as like an uppity liberal. And like Green attacked RFK the other day. Remember we played the clip of her. And she said that don't be don't be fooled. He's still a leftist. Now let's hear from a true leftist, Dr. Cornell West. Please take it away. Your family doing all right? It's been a while, my brother. I love when you call me brother Sean. That's you're always welcome to do so. Um, you are saying that Biden committed crimes against humanity against Black Americans. And you said his record on race issues, and you called out the Democratic Party's history. Let me ask you this. Why overwhelmingly do minorities and African Americans, Hispanic Americans, why are they still continuing to vote in large numbers in the Democratic Party? Well, one is I think more and more fellow citizens are reaching the conclusion that the whole system is so rotten, brother. You got both parties that are so corrupt with politicians who are tied to big money. This is true for Republicans. It's true for Democrats. You were talking about Brother Trump himself and Biden's connection to Stennis, Biden's connection to Thurman. We know Brother Trump's, his own father has been tied to the Klan. Trump's language about black people. I, I, calling I, well, well, black, hold on a second. I've it, never you know, heard his well, father racism cuts. Professor. Oh, I, Whoa, oh, we going off the rails already. This is fantastic. Love it, love it, love it, love it. 
corrupt with politicians who are tied to big money. This is true for Republicans. It's true for Democrats. You were talking about Brother Trump himself and Biden's connection to Stennis, Biden's connection to Thurman. We know Brother Trump's, his own father has been tied to the Klan. Trump's language about black people I, I, calling... I, well, well, black, hold on it, a second. It, I've never you know, heard his well, father... The racism uh, cuts... Professor, oh, I've you, never heard that allegation. Yeah. Never once. Of Trump, now, I know Trump's Joe Biden said he didn't want our schools to be integrated and be racial jungles. No, my brother, you got yes, to do a little reason. We won't it. go into all of that now. But I'm not going to say the say son that. has to take responsibility of the father. Oh, no. The, the, we, we have empirical evidence of that in terms of not okay. just how he treated black people in Queens, but also the fact that he took him to, to Klan rallies. But this is in the history. But we're not talking about his father. God bless his soul. We're talking about Trump himself. Look, for example, the brother Yusuf Salam. You know Yusuf Salam was one of the Central Park of, of, of young brothers who was, who was taken to jail. I was blessed to support him. I live in Harlem. He's now my councilman. What did Brother Trump say about Brother Yusuf? Death penalty? Okay, you made your not even a fair trial. Good evening. I want a fair trial for Trump. I want a fair trial for Trump. Did he want a fair trial for that black brother? No. I, That's his I, racism, too. It cuts across me. the board, Brother Sean. You're Let's talking to the wrong now, person man. here. I don't, I don't rush to judgment. I'm the one that says everyone's innocent until proven, in a, uh, proven guilty in a court of law. You said that black Americans are not a priority for Joe Biden. That's what you said. That's right. And, <laughs> that's right. How real is your run for the presidency? And what Come is the on, likelihood man. the Green Party is going to be on the ballot in all 50 states? Well, we're in the process, my brother, of gaining that ballot access. And my run for the presidency is the same for my run for truth and justice ever since I was 15 years old, which is to say, is real as a heart attack. Because if I remain silent about the mass incarceration, silent about hood, silent about reservations, silent about poor white and working white folk, silent about the strikes that's taking place, both Trump and Biden on the boss's side when it comes to Hollywood, when it comes to UPS, when it comes to Amazon. I stand with working people. I stand with poor people. I don't care what color they are, brother. They could be your cousins or my cousins. I stand in solidarity with them. It's a moral and a spiritual issue. And that's what it means to have a candidacy that's trying to be critical of the corporate duopoly of both parties tied to corrupt money at the top and militarism abroad, my brother. It's very clear that Joe Biden's cognitive powers are in decline. <laughs> Professor, you're stating the obvious. Why won't more people on the left, and I, you're, you're to me on the left, why won't they have oh, the I'm, honesty? I'm, I'm definitely on the left. In the yeah, name of Jesus. I'm on the left, my brother. In the name of Jesus. I know all about it. Well, no, no, but, no. Bernie's my brother, but he's not my mentor. I come out of Martin Luther King Jr. family. Uh, I'll stand corrected, but you like Bernie Sanders a lot. <laughs> no. All right. So oh, he's my brother now. Ain't no doubt about that. Here's what I do want to ask you, though, because I think this is an important question, and, and I think we should yes. get to the bottom of it. You talked about uh, it's strange that the Secret Service uh, could not identify, you know, a bag of cocaine in the White House. Uh, you talked about the, the slap on the wrist for Hunter Biden. Now, I love how Sean Handy tries to keep bringing it back to uh, uh, Cornell West's criticism of Biden. And West keeps turning around on him. I love it with precision. They stopped that investigation into cocaine in the White House in 10 short days, Dr. West. 10 days, Professor. And they Are they still talking about that? 
Now that that just reeks to me like a cover-up. Why do I believe if it was your White House or Trump's White House or somebody else's White House that that treatment wouldn't 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 fly? Am I wrong? Still wouldn't be surprised. No, no, I think you're right about that. I, mean, I don't know about Trump's White House. I can't speak for brother from my White House, and I, I've told my brother. Well, black man, yeah, it'd be a huge scandal. White House until every American citizen has a house. I want to abolish poverty, abolish homelessness. I want jobs with a living wage. I want everybody to have health care across the board. So, in terms of just trying to be fair, but let me say this though, brother: every father does have a right to love their precious son. It's just that you, your son cannot have unequal protection. He's got to have equal protection across the board. So I understand the brother's predicament, but we have to be able to bring our criticism to bear. And I hope you All bring right. it to bear, my brother, with some love now. Because you got a lot kids of love too, in my right? heart. You know me for how All many years? Right. A lot I of love tease in that this heart. As much as I can. You I'm don't even like to out, admit, my brother. You love me more than you want to admit publicly. He's a fucking sociopath. I'm a Christian. I love everybody. I begin so on the chocolate side of town because my mom okay, and dad, but believe, I love everybody. I love you too. It's just I believe in Jesus you, like you do. You against We're the having a love off on fucking Hannity. I am against any racism. I find it repugnant and evil. End of sentence. And no conservative that uh, thinks that way or says they think that way, I want nothing to do with them. Dr. West, we'll follow your campaign. Thank you for being with us. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. But, I mean, I appreciate Hannity having uh, Dr. West on. He is always a breath of fresh air. And I... Is him running as a Green Party? Is that the is that the best way? Should, should he have ran as a Democrat? Is it possible that he's going to get on the debate stage for the general election? I would really enjoy that. I see nothing wrong with Dr. West running. I love it. Eat it up. We're going we're gonna to watch as many Dr. West clips as we can leading up to 2024. So I get probably it is the best that he's running as a third party. I think. What do you guys think? Are you, are you ready for this? Today was the day that the IRS whistleblower testified in front of Congress. So this should be good. Ways and means committee used to receive testimony from these whistleblowers and report transcripts of their testimony to the full House of Representatives to make that information public. These whistleblowers have gone above and beyond to submit information to Congress in accordance with the law, and we are grateful to them for that. The witnesses can only testify to tax information that has already been released through proper procedures through the Ways and Means Committee. This means that in some instances, they may have to decline to answer a question and, st and instead submit additional information to the Ways and Means Committee at a later date through the appropriate process. They are each accompanied by counsel to address I did a TOS. What did I do? And are not present today to provide testimony or answer members' questions. Uh, I ask members to respect that process and requirements of Section 6103 and look forward to hearing what our courageous witnesses have to say. Further, due to the complex nature of the matter at hand, each of the witnesses shall have 10 minutes for their opening testimony. 
I would now like to introduce our witnesses. Uh, Mr. Joseph Ziegler is a special agent with the Internal Revenue Service, Criminal Investigation Division, specifically assigned to the International Tax and Financial Crimes Division. This is a group of 12 elite special agents who are subject matter experts in complex international tax and other related crimes. He started his career with the IRS in 2010 as a special agent and has developed successfully uh, and has developed and successfully completed a multitude of complex financial I hate this dude. The types of investigations include money laundering, bank fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud, healthcare fraud, violations of the Bank Secrecy Act, income tax evasion, and income tax related charges such as identity theft and filing false claims for income tax refunds. Mr. Ziegler has won multiple performance awards throughout his Did career. Did she drop Hunter's hog? Mr. Gary Shapley. Mr. Shapley is the supervisory special agent of the International Tax Department. I thought we were getting to the truth. Here we go. This is the whistleblower. I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during Ziegler. this investigation. I've been an agent with the IRS since 2010. In 2007, I received my undergraduate degree from Ohio University. I had that tie. John Carroll University. Prior to starting my career at the IRS, that fucking pattern. Ernst and Young as an external auditor. Throughout my career with the IRS, I have worked a variety of successful criminal tax and money, money laundering or with a blue shirt in 2018 i transitioned to being a, to being a part of the international tax and financial crimes group out of the washington dc field office i was the lead irs case agent on the hunter biden investigation i've recently discovered that people are saying that i must be more credible because i'm a democrat who happens to be married to a man i'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me Due to, my actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility Cruz comes that. today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. ACAB means I hope God that I am His haircut's an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to the experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what is right, and I'm standing in, or I'm sitting Wild. here with you today. I, thirst, I, I would first like to take a minute to thank some people for their unfettered help and support. First off, God for giving me the strength and courage to get through this process. My husband, who has been my rock, has put up with me, my stress, 
and has had to deal with, with his personal information being out there. My attorney, Dean Zerbe, who has agreed to represent me through this matter pro bono and someone who has provided me so much help and guidance. My colleagues from the Hunter Biden investigation. The work that was done on this case was, is tremendous, but seems to be overshadowed by what is happening here today. And I just want to say to the investigative team that I am thankful for having worked with you. I also want to thank my family and friends back home in Northeast Ohio and Georgia. I don't live in the DC area. I had to fly here and have had to pay out of pocket for all my travel related expenses in being a whistleblower. On that note, I would like to make another statement that I have not accepted a single payment from anyone for being a whistleblower. First, well, so Mr. Chairman, while I have my written statement as well as my testimony before the Ways and Means Committee, I would like to touch on briefly seven specific matters. First, in a recent letter to Congress, Mr. Weiss stated that he had been granted ultimate authority over this matter, but then later stated in the same letter that his charging authority is geographically limited and that he would need a President Biden appointed U.S. attorney to partner with him in charging the case. Mr. Weiss stated that he, is, he was making all decisions necessary to preserve the integrity of the prosecution consistent with federal law, the principles of federal prosecution, and departmental regulations. In the, internal, in the criminal tax manual, Chapter 10, found on the DOJ website, tax division policy states that cases involving indiv individuals who fail to file tax returns or pay a tax, but who also commit acts of evasion or obstruction should be charged as felonies to avoid inequitable treatment. In early August of 2022, federal prosecutors from the Department of Justice Tax Division drafted a 99-page memorandum. In, in so, they were recommending Ida, good evening. felony and misdemeanor charges for the 2017, 18, and 19 tax years. That did not happen here, and I am not sure why. And as to... So yeah, you want to see Hunter Dong pictures? Marjorie Taylor Greene did indeed bring them. I didn't know if it was uh, to answer. Are you finished? Someone else Hunter? can follow okay. up. I've All seen right. someone okay. could yeah, say. You're, you're correct, Rules. Yep. Gentlemen's time's expired. Chair now recognizes Ms. Green for, for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Before we begin, I would like to let the committee and everyone watching at home that parental discretion is advised. <laughs> I like to remind everyone that on our oversight committee, we provide oversight into all parts of the federal government, including their Department of Justice and their, their willingness to prosecute and their unwillingness to prosecute, and whether it's politically motivated. Um, I would also like to say that when not high enough for this crime is presented, no prosecution should be denied, no matter who the person is. Uh, to the whistleblowers today, I thank both of you for your courage to come to the committee today and your commitment to, to truth. Uh, I have great respect for it, so thank you. I would like to talk with you both about Hunter Biden and his tax write-offs with his law firm, Owasco. I would like to ask uh, Mr. Ziegler, when did you start your investigation and your testimony on November 2018? Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. During your testimony with the, House, with the House Ways and Means Committee, you stated that through bank records, you identified Hunter Biden was paying prostitutes related to a potential prostitution ring. Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, that's correct. I've also reviewed that those same bank reports, commonly referred to as SARS, suspicious activity reports, and I'm very troubled by them. 
we read thousands of them in the Treasury. This particular excerpt from Assar's report talks about human trafficking uh, and in regard to need it clinically and Owasco and, and payments he was making. Do not soil the name of Mike Gravel. I campaigned for Mike Gravel in like 2008. Has brought no charges against Hunter Biden that will vindicate the rights of these women who are clearly victims under the law. Um, I would like to talk about in your prior testimony, you stated that the prosecutorial team was investigating violations of the Mann Act. Is that correct, Mr. Ziegler? That is correct. Mann Act. Regarding the Mann Act, if a person is transported across state lines for sexual activity, such as pros prostitution, that could be a violation of a federal law. Is that correct? Uh, I actually recently looked at the federal law regarding Mann Act, and I believe that that is correct, but I would refer you to the DOJ manual. Thank you. I would like to uh, present this to the committee. This is showing Hunter Biden paying for a victim's United flight from L.A. to Dulles. This was a, I believe this is a violation of the Mann Act. This is Hunter Biden's, this is his uh, proof that he bought the ticket. He bought it for this woman right here. Um, she, he flew her from Los Angeles to Washington on June 14th, flew her back to uh, Los Angeles, California on June 15th of 2018. And I would like to um, point out that if he was purchasing her a plane ticket for sex and traveling across state lines, do you believe that to be a violation of the Mann Act, Mr. Ziegler? So I can talk to specifically what's in my, tran or what's in my transcript regarding the Mann Act. So I know we were compiling the information together. Yes, but Mr. Ziegler, travel, as, as the law states, by the, by the code of the law, it states traveling, paying someone to go across state lines is, is prostitution. It's a violation of the Mann Act. Let me just move on just one more, one more second here. Uh, so when, her, when Hunter Biden the paid for this woman to do this with him, to travel across state lines from California to Washington, D.C., on June 15th, this is a violation of the It looks massive. Let me continue. Did Hunter Biden also you use live in sexual anarchy to pay prostitutes? Can you hold on one second? Mm, chairman? Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give you this additional time back. Thank you. I hope that's not a euphemism, Shelly. I hope you're not like, I'd like to do her taxes. Yep. 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 So regarding Man Act violations, <laughs> what we can do is, given by the statute, uh, we can turn those over to the House Ways and Means Committee, and then we can they, they can decide to vote to turn them over to you regarding Man Act. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Ziegler. Um, so talking about Hunter Biden using his company to pay prostitutes, this is also a suspicious activity report showing that victim one, the, the woman that was paid for prostitution that traveled from California to Washington, D.C., paid for by Hunter Biden.
this is a, an excerpt from a SARS report that we've read in the Treasury, and I think you, you all have looked at these too, showing that victim one was supposedly an employee of a Wasco. Um, but, but I would like to point out, this is not really what most paralegals do for law firms. Ma'am, I know a lot about corporate America, and I would actually, like Vince McMahon, for example, was accused of doing exactly that with his paralegals. So, um, sorry. Um, and, and it's very serious that Hunter Biden was paying this woman through his law firm and then writing it off as business tax exemptions. Most, most people write off, uh, business time, all right. write off things for their taxes through their businesses like a meal or uh, say office supplies. He ate a meal. But can you confirm for me that Hunter Biden had written Did off- Did you see that ass? Through his you had it on. I appreciate the question given by- He had a giant, like fucking, what do you call that? A fucking particle board, poster board, fucking, and it had an ass on it. He had a meal, ma'am. The statute. Uh, I'm limited in my testimony today, and I, I respectfully would need to turn those records over to the House Ways and Means Committee. Okay, thank you, Mr. Ziegler. One, one, last, one last question. Uh, you referred to one of the assistants as West Coast. It looked Coast to be a very nice assistant. ass. I believe this is the West Coast assistant. Could you agree with that? So I can tell you that there were deductions for what we believe to be escorts, and then that $10,000 golf club membership Yes, that was not a golf club membership. That was for a sex club payment. That was for a sex club payment. What is the accusation? This through that he wrote off hookers on his taxes. Prostitutes. Um, also, Mr. That Shepard, he might have paid to transport. Mr. Whoa! Three seconds over. As long as Ms. Casio Cortez can get equal time, I, she can keep going. I, I will uh, let, let uh, Ms. Green wrap up. Uh, Five seconds. Well, there's that. Give Mr. Mafume additional time. Thank, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Mr. Shapley, you, you started an investigation into Hunter Biden, codenamed Sportsman, which opened in November of 2018. Hunter recorded multiple sex tapes with the prostitute he had paid for out of his law firm's bank account. Yep, that's the accusation. Okay, fucking prosecute him on that. I really don't. This is not worth... A congressional hearing prosecute the motherfucker. Um, I don't give a shit of an investigation. The IRS was conducting into a foreign based amateur online pornography platform. Um, this, this is, well, he was trying out the goods of, of Hunter Biden making sex. Excuse me. This is my time coming making pornography. Should we be displaying this? Mr. Chairman, the committee, the ladies times expired and, uh, Went two and a half minutes Mr. over. Chairman, Mr. Bufume wants the two and a half minutes. He can have it if, if he wants. Fuck Bufume. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Bufume. I don't even know who Mr. Bufume is. I want to hear from a serious person, someone who can question this whistleblower and actually not make a fool of themselves. So here is... Uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Chair now recognizes Ms. Ocasio-Cortez for five minutes plus the two and a half minute that we went over. 
Thank you uh, very much, Mr. Chairman. Um, good afternoon, Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler. And I, I want to thank Mr. you both Ziegler. for us today. I understand that this is not easy. And, um, and it is very important that both of you are respected during the course of this hearing. Um, Mr. Ziegler, in your deposition to the Ways and Means Committee, I believe that um, I believe you said that this in, that you began this investigation in 2018, correct? That that is correct. And so, some of the events that you discuss in your deposition took place two, three, four years ago, correct? Over the last several years. Yeah, that would be correct. Um, in your deposition you in front of the Ways and Means Committee and in your testimony before us today, you numbers. That occurred over the course of a nearly five-year investigation. Um, and uh, Mr. Ziegler, when you testified before the Ways and Means Committee, uh, you also testified that you were told that it was then Attorney General William Barr who made the decision to merge the D.C. and Delaware Hunter Biden investigations, correct? I did testify to that, correct. And um, a few weeks after that testimony, uh, your attorney wrote in a letter to Congress, I quote, uh, Mr. Ziegler is confident he was told by his supervisor that the merging of the cases was at the direction of an official at the Department of Justice. However, on further reflection, Mr. Ziegler cannot definitively state that his then supervisor said that the Department of Justice official directing the merger of the cases was Attorney General Barr, correct? That is correct. And I can tell you that I actually refreshed my memory from mm -hmm. looking at my emails. And there was an email that I found from my supervisor at that time that stated what had happened. Mm -hmm. And I can turn that over to the House Ways and Means Committee at, at, at some point. And, and in that updated email, does it include Attorney General Barr or not? So I can't speak to the contents okay. of that email, but... No problem. I, mean, I feel like Congress has a lot like better that. things to do. And, you know, truly, in, in good faith, these things happen all the time, right? Um, the recollection of these investigations require an extraordinary amount of detail, and the charges of what is being brought forward today are extremely serious, which require a high threshold of evidence, um, including investigations and depositions. Um, but, you know, I, I hope you'd agree that even the best memory can be fallible at times, and um, that is the widely understood reality in our justice system. Uh, Mr. Shapley, uh, uh, from your testimony today, I think you would agree that it is important that um, criminal investigations be conducted fairly and free from political influence. That's why we're here today, correct? Yes, that's correct. Now, um, as you stated and as uh, was kind of discussed with Mr. Khan and, and with others, there are often disagreements. Uh, it seems as though it, within some of the um, transcribed interviews that we read, it says, yes, um, about 90% of the time, there is this IRS reviewing attorneys disagree with the charging decisions of the agents in the group, correct? That, that was part of the testimony, not all of it. Um, in some of your comments, you've also noted uh, that there, you've made reference to a special counsel uh, in this situation. Um, but I believe what there might be a reference to here is the, the question of a special attorney, not a special counsel, correct? So if you're speaking about the October 7th, 2022 email that I, I documented it looks like Orrin Anderson on that day, uh, you know, that's why I documented it on that day so that, you know, 
nine months later, I'm not trying to recall mm -hmm. a, a specific word. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it says special counsel mm -hmm. authority. That's what he said that day. Mm -hmm. That's what uh, a senior executive IRS corroborated when he responded to my emails. And I, I do think that that distinction is important because in this letter to um, to Chairman Jordan, the issue at hand seems to be a, a special attorney, not a special counsel, which are two distinct different legal authorities um, and there also may be some confusion I think with respect to that as well um, which brings me to the point of political influence um, whether where there actually is a set of breadcrumbs however is in a set of tweets and letters hey, he fuckers up next. from two several chairs to the chair of um, the House Judiciary Committee that we see here in fact um, according to New York Times uh, article, which I'd like to present to the record today, President Trump's attorney wrote to the Judiciary Committee chairman, urging him to investigate what he called, quote, a rogue local district attorney. And after, after that New York DA convened a grand jury that ultimately indicted Donald Trump, Chairman Jordan complied with that letter shortly after President Trump's attorney sent that letter to uh, the committee, which is highly unusual, a very highly unusual act. And in fact, after that, on March 20th, Chairman Jordan, together with the Committee on House Administration, Chairman Brian Steele, as well as the chairman of this committee, wrote to District Attorney Bragg and then demanded a sweeping series of documents, including communications between the DA's office and the Department of Justice, also highly unusual. In fact, on his Truth Social account later on, Donald Trump claimed that the U.S. attorney investigating Hunter Biden, a U.S. attorney, by the way, that Donald Trump appointed, was, quote, a coward. And then <laughs> he then urged that maybe the presiding judge will have the courage and intellect to break up this, quote, cesspool. Of Making crime. my way downtown. Curiously, Good evening. Just a few days after this tweet, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, Jason Smith, sent a letter to U.S. Attorney David Weiss and Attorney General Merrick Garland, who are implicated in this hearing, as explicitly asking them to place the whistleblower testimony from the committee's depositions into the court record, which were addressed during the chairman's opening statements, before Hunter Biden's plea hearing at the end of the month. And as you can see right here, Jamin, Chairman Smith explicitly said, and I quote, entering this information into the formal record. Additionally, those two chairmen waived onto this hearing today. Highly unusual. Would the gentleman, gentlelady yield? And one moment. And when we talk about political influence, we are not here today, unfortunately, because the facts have brought us here. We are here today because Donald Trump is exerting an influence campaign in Congress when he is no longer president of the United States. In addition Boom. to that, if we want to talk about charges that have been dismissed, and if we do want to follow the evidence, perhaps we should discuss Ivanka Trump's investigation being charged, who was close to being charged with felony fraud after Donald Trump's personal attorney provided political contributions to the local DA, those charges were dismissed, and ultimately we saw that that, that, that uh, DA Vance 
President Trump's attorney provided over $50,000 in political contributions after the case was dismissed. So when we talk about political contributions, I would hope if we are following the evidence that, that we are willing that this committee, if this committee is going to go there, that they be willing to open investigations into the dismissal of charges against Ivanka Trump. And by the way, if the chair, if the gentlelady from Georgia wanted to follow evidence, we should also take a look at hypothetically a case where sex trafficking charges against a 17-year-old girl potentially. Uh, the gentlelady's time's expired. Thank you. Uh, I yield back. Chair now recognizes. Thank you, AOC. Gosar of Arizona for. And fuck Paul Gosar. Nobody wants to hear from him. Here's something crazy that happened today. While we're on the subject of Congress, Lauren Boebert did something absolutely reprehensible. Throwing out a pin honoring a school shooting victim Low even for Bobert. New video shows Republican Representative Lauren Bobert throwing a pin commemorating a victim in last year's Uvalde school shooting in the trash. Looks like they've taken down the videos of Bobert. <laughs> I really fucked that one up, didn't I? This was this was the video. Boom, in the trash. Wow. Just left the House Oversight Committee hearing where we just heard testimony and questioned two very brave cr criminal investigator whistleblowers who risk their careers to tell the American people the truth about the Biden crime family. The truth is, there is more corruption in the Biden family than we even imagined. Just a few key takeaways from today's on, hearing. The Bidens created over 20 shell companies when Joe Biden was vice president. I think both flash. Big guy and their associates received over $17 million from China, Ukraine, and Romania. We I thought she was responding to the pin. This was nine minutes ago. Oh man, she's embarrassing. Learn to feel embarrassment.
Congressman, Congressman Mark Pocan had an exchange with Republican Representative Andy Harris from Maryland. This was a transportation, housing, and urban development appropriations bill markup hearing. Congress, so this is the appropriations hearing in the transportation committee. Gonna love what Mark Pocan does. I'm just curious, out of the, how many earmarks was it? 2,680, how many other websites did you get a chance to check besides these three? Uh, me personally, I, yeah. I'm actually in charge of kind of the agriculture uh, community. Oh, but you know these three really, really, really well. You're very astute at finding every word and every web page. How many other web pages besides the three did you actually look at out of the 2,680, I guess it was? Uh, answering the gentleman's question, those are the three in question. I'll take my time back. Those I got the, the answer. I, I, I'm taking my time back. You know, there's a saying. How do you show you're a bigot without saying you're a bigot? I'm just saying there's a saying. Um, I did not say. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't hear you. I didn't catch you. So I said, Dan, you did not accuse me of bigotry, right? Now, no, did you? I said a saying. There's a saying. You, How do you show? Uh, okay. I, that you're you expressing much, bigotry without saying you're a bigot, right? That's all I'm saying. There's an interesting saying. Yeah, but I'll continue. It's be t the, the last set of gentlemen's words be taken down. I, I'm sorry. I request that the chair take down the words. It's not a motion. I request that the gentleman's words. I know it's a little warm outside and a snowflake can melt, but this is a little bit ridiculous. Tell you what, Madam Chair, Madam Chair. Madam Chair, I'm going to save you some time because I actually respect the members here, even members who don't respect me. Because clearly when you accuse a group of grooming kids for having a support group, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I will take back saying how do you know you're a bigot without saying you're a bigot because I think it's self-evident and I don't need to put the words Madam out Madam Chair, there. I ask that those words be taken down because oh. they are not taking, they are not, they are not striking the gentleman. He did not move to take down his words. He merely moved to explain them. I, I said I would take down my words, perhaps... Uh, his eyes are so tired from reading so many websites that his ears can't hear. I don't know Madam why this Chair, is such an issue. Those are personal remarks. I move that those remarks be taken oh, down. We can gather. Uh, I'm this sorry, is fantastic. The chair to take down those remarks. Madam Chair, I ask for unanimous consent that any words that Mr. Harris thinks are offensive should be taken down. Any word with the letter L, G, B, or T should be taken down. Does that make you happy if we just take out Madam any Chair, word I, that I, includes I the letter L, G, B, or T? strike the gentleman's words personally against me, They're suggesting that I'm you. too tired to think correctly. I ask those are personalizations. They are clearly against the House rules. And I ask the gentlelady to take down those Mr. words. Mr. Harris, I'm going as far as to say anything that you should ever find offensive, I am glad to take away... And you still find that I offensive. What that to means to me is you find request. me offensive. I'm sorry. You find me offensive. All I'm trying to do. Request. Find me offensive. I find you offensive. For finding me offensive. That was fantastic. That's.
That's what I live for. Congressman Mark Pocan. Grilling a bigot for being a bigot. Speaking of bigots, unfortunately, I'm going to have to report on Louisiana overturning the governor's veto of the bill. Republicans passed a bill banning trans-affirming care. The governor vetoed it. The Republicans, as of today, have overturned the veto. The Louisiana legislature joins the rest of the surrounding states with passing a ban on gender-affirming care for minors, which takes aim at transgender kids. House Bill 648 will ensure that Louisiana students receive help, not harm. The bill bans doctors from prescribing puberty blockers or hormone replacements for kids dealing with gender dysphoria. Lawmakers against the bill pointed to the high suicide rates among transgender children, saying this bill would cause those numbers to be worse. This is an issue I know as Louisiana in re-election campaigns and it's one that I'm willing to lose over. Others pointed to courts around the country already finding the law to be unconstitutional. It is my sincere belief that this bill is unconstitutional. I believe the courts will declare that in due course. The bill received support from a few Democrats on both the House and Senate side to help push it over the two-thirds majority damn it. to undo the veto. The state's version of the Don't Say Gay bill and a bill banning the use of preferred pronouns in schools failed to get enough votes. Thanks for watching. Oh, that's something. I can't believe that Democrats joined with them. But it's Louisiana, so Democrats on the state level are probably pretty shitty. Speaking of shitty politicians on the state level, let's go to Wisconsin, where a Republican still upset over fucking COVID restrictions wants to, I, I think, try to impeach the governor. When it comes to my Wisconsin and American right, to worship in the manner I want to. I don't give a damn what the governor says. And anytime that we can strengthen those rights, we should do it. Again, we should provide confidence to the people that their right is protected and not let somebody interrupt the church service for God's sake. It drives me batty that we had to do, go through that. Um, to kind of piggyback off the senator's point, this wasn't a Repub Republicans and Democrat governors across the country shut down, shut down churches. It wasn't just one side or, or the other. The, the pronouns aren't banned. A statutory change that would maybe make it clear, not, not just the complete closure, but certain measures that would uh, unconstitutionally restrict uh, potentially. No, well, I'd have, I'd have to see. I don't yeah, think I don't this, know, I right, this would have, this is... It's a fairly ambiguous statement. But. I think no, no, I, I, I guess the, the argument is simply that if we have constitutional rights that already aren't being respected, you know, what, what, what do we need to do as a legislature? Maybe the next bill to, we bring is to uh, you know, remove those from power who's trampled on those rights. Well, uh, thank you. You had an election. Tony Evers won re-election. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. He's a pretty popular governor. 
So I don't I don't know what you want, motherfucker. Unless you just want to overhaul democracy, which seems to be a thing now, doesn't it? You want to check in with our favorite girl boss? Kirsten Cinema is still paying. This is this is wild. Still paying Tulsi Gabbard's sister a fortune for security. After the Daily Beast revealed that Kirsten Cinema was paying big money to Tulsi Gabbard's sister, it turns out that Cinema has continued footing those bills. What? What we got going on here? Revelation that Senator Kirsten Cinema had spent over five hundred thousand dollars in campaign funds to a single security contract. Half a million dollars. First reported by the Daily Beast in February prompted campaign finance watchdogs to warn the arrangement raised red flags that Cinema should publicly explain. The Arizona senator never responded to questions about her unusually high outlays to TOA Group, the LLC solely owned by Bendevin Bellord, the sister of her former ally and colleague, Tulsi Gabbard. Cinema's latest federal campaign finance filing offers a clear answer to the question of whether the senator has reconsidered her security arrangement or her obligation to be more transparent about it. In the second quarter of 2023, the Cinema campaign's payment to Bell Lord's company jumped to $114,000, more than three times what it had paid her in the first quarter of the year, and roughly one-fifth of all campaign dollars Cinema spent in the second quarter. On top of that, the Cinema campaign paid $48,000 to cover Bellord's travel expenses, more than double what it spent on the same types of expenses in the first quarter of 2023. Notably, when the Daily Beast first reported on Cinema security expenses in February, her campaign was reporting itemized payments to TOA Group for travel-related expenses, which revealed the specific meals, hotels, and perks like in-flight internet that were underwritten by Cinema's campaign. However, after the story was published, Cinema's campaign appeared to shift how it reported those expenses. Uh, Tulsi is an independent now. In her Q2 filing, Cinema simply lists unitemized lump sum payments for $45,000 for security travel expenses and $2,000 reimburse security detail, travel mills, and supplies, making it impossible for regulators and the public to know or scrutinize what expenses the Bell Awards were covered by Cinema's donors. In total, the Cinema campaign has paid the TOA group over And over $310,000 to cover Bellord's travel or expenses. That's a lot of fucking money. Kitty. What are you doing, Smokey?
Tanahashi Coates had a book banned at a at a school district apparently showed up to the school board meeting South Carolina school board meeting in which community members railed against an African-American culture writers award-winning memoir about racial justice featured a special guest appearance Tanahashi Coates, the famed author in question. This happened on Monday evening at the Lexington Richland District 5 School Board. Met to discuss the outrage concerning Coates' 2015 nonfiction bestseller, Between the World and Me, which has reportedly caused political literary mayhem among reactionary right wing communities and been placed on ban booked. Banned book list Richland 5 school board has heard both sides of an argument now surrounding a book about racism used for a high school lesson our Peyton Lewis has more on the school board's discussion about their policies on controversial topics in the classroom we cannot become critical thinkers without being uncomfortable in some way if students can't learn these things in a safe space like school how are they we meant to make good decisions and think critically. A sea of blue showed up to the Lexington Richland 5 school board meeting Monday. This flood of support comes from a school lesson that happened back in February. Teacher Mary Wood at Chapin High School decided to use the book Between the World and Me after getting it approved by her leadership. The book explores experiences with racism with firsthand accounts. A student in the class voiced that the book made them feel, quote, guilty for being white. The lesson was the fuck? school board and now the question for the policy of academic freedom is in question. District Superintendent Dr. Akil Ross took a moment during his meeting report to discuss the policy. So in my opinion, the, the, the feelings and the thoughts of the adults are very important to me, Superintendent, but what matters most to me, what matters most to me, is that my students have the ability to hear six and seven different opinions on one topic, and come up with their own thesis, supported with evidence, and come up with an independent conclusion. The citizens who showed up wearing blue on Monday did so to present the opposing point of view from what the board heard at its last meeting. We now know that there have been teachings uh, in a school here in this district of systemic racism. Um, there have been assignments given on systemic racism. Um, these topics are very uncomfortable and inappropriate. And the author of the book in question came to the meeting and sat next to the teacher in question to show his support for her. People like Josh Gray say he showed up to support teachers. It's reached a point, I think, where many of us feel, um, based on the reaction to some other, uh, I would say, rather extreme political groups, that now it's time to make a counterstatement of support for the teachers and schools. But people like Janet Howell disagree with the book being taught. They called us a loud minority that's speaking out against it. You are? But I have to say that we are a loud majority. The board no. discussion after public comment, but no votes were taken. Reporting in Irmo, Peyton Lewis, News 19, WLTX. And we're being told the next board meeting will be August 7th at the district office. No word on if the board will revisit this topic. God damn.
right wingers. Go to the city of Fort Worth. Atheist group has accused the city of discrimination after a rejection of a downtown banner ad that says, In No God We Trust. A link to Metroplex, not Echoplex. Metroplex. Atheist.org. A DFW atheist group is suing Fort Worth, claiming the city violated its freedom of speech. The group Metroplex Atheists applied to hang banner ads downtown for an August 26th event on keeping religion out of public schools, but got rejected after the city claimed the event was not of a sufficient sufficient was not of sufficient magnitude. According to a press release, the ads are hung on light poles owned by the city on Throckmorton, Main, and Houston streets, but managed by the downtown advocacy nonprofit Downtown Fort Worth, Inc. We did everything to meet the city of Fort Worth's banner policy, said the group president, Umair Khan, in a press release. We were denied purely on trumped-up claims nowhere in the policy to disguise their prejudice. The group pointed to advertisements by Kenneth Copeland Ministries and TCU to bolster its argument that the city's rejection was discriminatory. It's asking a federal court to reverse the city's decision and allow the group to advertise. Metroplex Atheists had been allowed to advertise for a similar event in 2019, which had generated controversy and prompted a response from then-Mayor Betsy Price. Price said she disagreed with the group's message, but urged residents to respect its freedom of speech. Mayor Maddie Parker had no comment due to the pending, pending litigation, according to a spokesperson who wrote an email to the Star-Telegram. The reason for the rejection in 2023 came after a meeting between Metroplex atheists and Assistant City Manager William Johnson, in which Johnson told a group representative uh, their event was not of a magnitude to qualify. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. Asses of a magnitude to qualify. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. What do you ask? Ain't right. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, last time I streamed, which was probably Sunday night, I think I told you guys to cancel your streaming services, but apparently like the union didn't call for it. So you're not supposed to cancel your streaming services. So I apologize for that. I was, I was quick on that, on the draw. I'm always I'm always wanting to do anything to stick it to the man, but apparently they want to be able to call for that as like a collective action. So my apologies for for telling you wrong. I I suck. Cancel Justin. I should have my eye pussy pissed in. 
depending on who's doing the pissing, I might like it. It's a sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? I fell victim to big studio propaganda. Fuck these big studios. Universal is now under investigation after it trimmed trees that had been shading SAG after protesters that were on the picket line. The Los Angeles City uh, Comptroller's Office is investigating after NBC Universal severely trimmed a row of trees outside its studios where members of SAG-AFTRA were picketing, eliminating shade during a searing heat wave. Trees are essential to providing uh, Angelinos with significant environmental and public health benefits, especially during a heat wave. Last week, SAG-AFTRA's 160,000 actors and other media personalities joined the 11,000 Riders Guild of America members who have been on the picket line since May as negotiations between the union and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which represents the studios, broke down. But the excessive heat in parts of the country has led strike organizers to caution participants to stay hydrated and use sunscreen. Earlier this week, SAG-AFTRA cut short their Disney and Warner Brothers picket, citing extreme heat in L.A. On Monday, comedian Chris Stevens tweeted a picture of a row of trees, all with their limbs severely trimmed. Check it out. Yep. That's bound to be purposeful. Quick shout out to the good people at Universal Picks for trimming the trees that gave our picket line shade right before a 90 degree week. And they made them ugly too. Just to fuck with people. Fucking sucks. I have tried to make it through it. I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And like, I don't have a. Uh, it is. It is time to burn. But clinically, before I do that, I have to uh, refill my drink. I have to take a piss. I gotta piss like a racehorse over here, and I can't piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. So I'm gonna have to run to the to the little boys' room. So uh, I think it's I think it's commercial time on YouTube. So quick break, and I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian, not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. 
So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Or I'm going to become a right winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it, even though this video exists. And you know I'm right, so give me your money or I'm selling you out. Having a cat yell at you while you piss is terrifying. Yes, I highly recommend everyone get stoned before. Like we're, we're if you if you don't like the the horrendous horrific crime stories and shit that's gonna piss you off, cop death and shit like that. Yeah, that's you you want to check out now. If you want to come back for the the musical section, we got we got musical. We got we got search warrants about Tupac. We got <laughs> YNW Melly and their their murder case. Apparently, uh, closing arguments begin tomorrow. But then we're gonna we got movie time. We're gonna talk about Jim Caviezel. We're going to talk about Jason Aldean, Miranda Lambert, Foreigner. It's a, it's a musical ending to the show. But it might be like an hour of just fucking... I One of these is like fucking children in a house of horrors or some shit. Horrific stories ahead, so content warning. I was watching this, uh, this one channel. Times when suspects flirted with cops <laughs> it, it was hilarious to me I, I, I watch a lot we watch a lot of body cam footage here on the show shit I watch more when I'm like alone I watch a shit ton of body I watch just fucking rando fucking body cam people doing stupid shit <laughs> oh I love watching first amendment auditors fuck with cops I like a body cam footage. All right. Everybody get high, then we'll get back to what that news be doing. But I warn you, like, that news is horrific.
Don't say I didn't warn you. Content warning again. Fuckers. Like, I legitimately mean the content warning. I'm going to hit it again. I legitimately mean... Yes, there's cop stories coming up. We got we got cops and true crime. That's that's your next block of stories. Cops and true crew true crime and shit like that. Um I forgot what I was gonna say now. God damn it. <laughs> Humble with a slice of Kanye. There's a few, I don't know, like. We, there. First thing we're gonna do is fucking go to the border. And this is, this is shit. Oh, I didn't see anything on Chauvin. Texas border agents allegedly laid traps that ensnared a miscarrying pregnant teen. Fire traps from which a 19-year-old pregnant woman had to be cut free were part of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's ghoulish border plan to keep migrants out. State police officers were patrolling the Eagle Pass area of Texas when they found a 19-year-old woman in obvious pain, struck in recently placed wire one of many so-called traps along the Texas-Mexico border placed to physically stop migrants from crossing. Eventually, she was cut free from the wire. Troopers realized she was having a miscarriage. This was one of four injurious incidents in a single day. This is according to a new email from a Texas Department of Public Safety trooper to a sergeant that alleges repeated inhumane treatment of migrants in the state. The trooper's email said razor wire wrapped barrels have been placed into the Rio Grande in areas with low visibility, leading to injuries like the woman's. The trooper's email was first reported by the Houston Chronicle. The woman was found miscarrying and trapped on June 30th. On that same day, according to the email, the trooper said they treated a man who severely cut up his left leg while fleeing or while freeing his child who was stuck in the wire as well as a 15-year-old boy who broke his leg while trying to avoid the razor wire covered barrels. The trooper also claims they've been told not to give water to migrants in South Texas in the summer. Due to the extreme heat, the order to not give people water needs to be immediately reversed as well. The trooper reportedly wrote, I believe we have stepped over a line into the inhumane. PS spokesperson Travis Considine told the newspaper uh, that no anti-water policy exists. EPS director Stephen McCraw called for an audit in an email on Saturday asking if risks can be minimized to people walking through a river to get to safety. The purpose of the wire is to deter smuggling between the ports of entry and not to injure migrants. 
The smugglers uh, care not if the migrants are injured, but we do. We must take all necessary measures to mitigate the risk of them, including injury from trying to cross over the concentrate. Concertina wire? Thought it said concentration camp wire, which. Yeah. Drownings and dehydration. Fucking sickening. Now let's go to North Korea. We, the U.S. has a soldier who is being detained in North Korea. Fascinating. American soldier detained in North Korea. We're learning more about what happened right before he ran across the border. Chief Global Affairs anchor Martha Reddit says he ran South Korea with the latest. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, George. The big question, why in the world would an American soldier flee to North Korea? We do know he had been in... Well, I can tell you that there is that one dude, National Geographic did like a fucking documentary on him in the 90s. He defected like the 80s or some shit. And he felt like they use him for propaganda and shit. He lives the high life. So... I... There is a reason to do it. I mean, if you can call living, you know, well amongst the North Koreans the high life, the dude seems to really like it. They've tried to get him to come back, and he don't want to. Trouble with the law here in South Korea and with the army, but he is in a whole lot more trouble now. This morning, a 23-year-old U.S. soldier in the hands of the North Koreans after officials say he intentionally and inexplicably bolted across the border at the DMZ, the heavily fortified demilitarized zone that separates North and South Korea. We're closely monitoring and investigating the situation. That long ago, Flash? Absolutely foremost concerned about the welfare of our troops. The soldier, Army Private Travis King, was supposed to be on a flight back to Fort Bliss in Texas, where he was facing discharge from the Army after serving 47 days in a South Korean jail following an altercation with local citizens. Officials say that a military escort dropped King off at the airport in Seoul, but instead of boarding his flight, he left the airport and headed to the DMZ, where he joined a tour group before reportedly laughing and then dashing across the dividing line into the north. I noticed a guy running, guy dressed in black, running for what looked like full gas towards the North Korean side. Everybody was stunned and shocked. Reached by phone. Okay, okay, first, okay, here's this, the tourists, tourists go to the demilitarized zone. And they just walk up to the fucking line like that. That's a thing. And a dude could just run across with a tourist group. A tourist group. Travis's mother telling ABC News she last heard from Travis a few days ago, adding 
I can't see Travis doing anything like that. No one has any idea, I think, really why he chose what he chose to do. This incident coming as a massive U.S. nuclear ballistic missile submarine arrived in South Korea for the first time in more than 40 years. A show of force met by the launch of two North Korean short-range ballistic missiles a short time later. I'm concerned about the potential geopolitical implications um, as North Korea now has a U.S. soldier and, and we're going to have to figure out how to negotiate to get him back. And while it is unclear exactly where Travis King is now being held, detention in North Korea has a frightening history. In 2016, Otto Beer, an American student, was imprisoned in North Korea, accused of trying to steal a propaganda poster from a restricted area. He was flown back to the U.S. after 17 months of detention Brain in dead, a coma and died a week later. He did. He did, did. Not brain dead. Are not certain. A U.S. official telling me this morning that once he crossed into North Korea, he was taken away in a van and they believe taken to North Korea's capital city, Pyongyang. George. Such a strange story. Okay, Martha, thanks very much. Hi, everyone. George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. I feel like it's obvious that he tried to defect because he didn't like what he was facing back here. <laughs> that's all, that's seems to be what's up. So this happened in Northwoods, Missouri. Content warning. It could go either way. They could treat him well or they could fuck him up. Two Northwoods, Missouri officers have been charged in connection with a police brutality investigation. Tonight, new information on a police brutality investigation that has two Northwoods officers behind bars. Michael Hill was arrested last night just one day after fellow officer Samuel Davis was charged. Thank you for being with us tonight. I'm Ann Allred. And I'm Mike Bush. It's been nearly two weeks since a man was found bloodied and beaten in a Kinlock field. Five on your side's Mercedes McKay joins us now live from the Northwoods Police Department, and she has new details about the second officer's connection to this case. Mercedes. Mike and Ann, today we learn Michael Hill was Samuel Davis's supervising officer. Hill was charged with second degree kidnapping last night. Now, some activists I spoke to today are questioning what's happening within the Northwoods Police Department. How deep does this type of culture and action goes? How many times has this happened before? How many times has it been swept under the rug? These are the questions J.D. Dixon now has after a second Northwoods police officer was arrested in connection with a police brutality investigation. The officer turned off his body camera. Reports weren't filed. So how many other uh, individuals and black Americans have they done this to? That damn right. Police officer Michael Hill was charged with second degree kidnapping Tuesday night. Just one day after fellow officer Samuel Davis was charged with first degree assault, armed criminal action and kidnapping. New information revealing Hill was Davis's supervisor. That is a culture that has been built inside of that department. That supervisor is showing the actions of what these other officers can do. 
According to police, Hill and Davis arrested a man on the 4th of July and drove him to a remote area in Kenlock. Davis then pepper sprayed and repeatedly beat the man, breaking his jaw and then leaving him there. Jesus! Revealed neither Hill or Davis had their body cameras turned on, didn't tell dispatch they arrested the man, and didn't file a report. We really won't know what accountability looks like until we see what the outcome is. Michelle Smith was one of the many activists who met with the Northwoods Police Chief Tuesday night, discussing the facts of the case and sharing their concerns about police accountability. We really just want to talk to our elected officials concerning how these things happen in our community and what we need to do to rectify them. While Smith has her own hesitations about Hill's charges in this incident, she's looking forward to hearing the full story in court and wants transparency at the center of it all. We really just want to make sure that everything is on the up and up, that this process goes the way that it is actually supposed to go, and as community, we will be watching. Smith told me last night when they were meeting with the Northwoods police chief, he actually got the call that Hill had been arrested. She told me he was very transparent with them about what happened, and they wrapped up their meeting. They're now trying to get a meeting set with the mayor of Northwoods. Live in Northwoods, Mercedes McKay, five on your side. Thank you, Mercedes. I have tried to get an update. This was a story I had from last night, and it happened. It happened like two nights ago, but I can't get an update. So as far as I know, there is still a manhunt underway outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Because once again, I can't find an update to tell you that a suspect has been apprehended. This is a video from last night. Need to find the person who shot a detective outside a pizza shop. Give him a medal. Giovanni shows us investigators and a slice. Together what happened. Investigators were back in New Bedford going door to door Tuesday morning, stopping into a corner store canvassing the neighborhood where a police detective was shot last night. I was eating uh, a few seconds, uh, I heard a, a big, a big uh, like a uh, fire truck. We heard, you know, honestly, about four or five gunshots. Neighbors shaken by the sounds of what they described as multiple gunshots just before nine o'clock last night near the intersection of Rivet and Orchard Streets. I can't believe it because I've been in this country for 47 years. I never see things like this. One homeowner says he and his wife opened their the door puppy. running from the scene. I kind of like was kicking out and there was a lot of commotion down the corner. Uh, like I said, there was a couple young girls, uh, you know, running, you know, pretty, pretty frazzled. So I just, you know, my wife and I asked them if they want to come in the house and then they ended up bringing them home afterwards. We spoke with a handful of businesses and homes that turned surveillance footage over to police, including one which the homeowner says was hit by a bullet. According to New Bedford Police, the detective is recovered by the shooting, leaving local business owners, like the family that owns Primo's Pizza, concerned. That's a cool little area. The store. Uh, my parents are here all the time. So it's kind of, that's kind of nerve-wracking to know that they're here. And then something like this could happen to them. It's kind of, uh, it pushes you on the edge. But, I mean, trying to stay strong. The case is still under investigation. Reporting in New Bedford, Nick Giovanni. WBZ News. Be a neat little place to live. That pizza shop right there. Fuck yeah. Massachusetts. Yeah, I could do that. I could do some Massachusetts. As far as I know, the gunman is still on the loose. 
not on the loose is this dude punched a man over his tattoos punchy has been charged this happened in Wisconsin because of course it did it didn't happen in Florida it happened in Wisconsin Field man has died nearly a month after he was punched in the head outside a Heartland bar. Family tells Fox 6's Angelica Sanchez their loved one was a victim of a crime and it was all because of his tattoos. That's right. The family says that the was he a Nazi? Was on a date night with his wife near the area where I'm standing here when a man that he's never met before came up to them and started making comments about his tattoos. The man later threw a punch. The victim's family wants justice. This was a tragic, horrific, senseless, heinous act that has now taken my brother's life. Jamie Davies is speaking out hours after her older brother Josh Davies passed away. The Nazi pain that my brother endured for the last 26 days was not his fault. She says her brother was the victim of a crime and it was all over his tattoos. This guy did not even know my brother. Prosecutors have charged 64-year-old Kevin Seamer of Brookfield uh. with aggravated battery bodily harm. Prosecutors say on June 17th, Heartland police were flagged down by a group. The group told So if anyone looks like a Nazi, it's the punchy. The dude that got punched looks like he's pretty cool. Police, the victim was punched by a stranger. The blow caused him to fall backward and hit his head on the cement. He suffered skull fractures and brain bleeds. He's got sleeves and designs that he's designed himself, has had friends tattoo him. Absolutely nothing that is offensive to anyone. Prosecutors say witnesses heard Seymour instantly make comments about the victim's tattoos inside the bar, saying he was going to hell and God would not save him. Prosecutors oh, wow. the witnesses saw Seymour throw a stool at the victim before throwing a punch. So old dude that threw the punch was one of the, the godly types. Dude probably had some dragons or some, what up outsell? He probably had some dragons or some fire or something. Chainsaw, good evening. Welcome in, friends. Punch. Prosecutors say Seymour denied the punch, instead saying he violently pushed the victim because he was angry and upset. Fox 6 reached out to his attorney who told us over the phone they can't comment on the facts of the case, but send their condolences to the family. He was only 39 years old and did not deserve to die like this. Davis That's a negligent homicide. Life of the party and someone who always had her back. She now wants to have his. I want to fight for my brother. Now we reached out to the district attorney's office for comment on this case, and she tells us that her office is now considering amended or additional charges. Reporting live in Heartland tonight, Angelica Sanchez, Fox 6 News. Thank you, Angelica. Well, grown up, I remember you back when you were on Rugrats. The Gilgo Beach murders. Did I get that right? Is that how you is that how you say it? No fucking idea. Anything having to do with this. This is my first exposure to it. So if you if you guys are up to speed, I'm sorry. 
I I, I gotta I gotta have a whole explainer. What the fuck is going on with the Gilgo Beach? Where even is Gilgo Beach? Only 13 years, police have arrested a suspect in a series of murders on Long Island, New York. Authorities have charged the suspect, a 59-year-old New York architect, with the murders of three women. They also say he's the prime suspect in the killing of a fourth. And here with the latest is ABC News editorial producer Christina Corbin. And joining us from Massapequa Park, New York, senior investigative reporter Aaron Kontursky. Aaron, let's start with you. You're there in the Long Island Village where this suspect lived. It's been said that he lived a double life. What do we know about him and where does this investigation stand? Right now we've seen crime lab technicians, Eva, going into the house for a fifth straight day. They've put on their white Tyvek suits and little blue booties and they continue <laughs> evidence, looking mainly for forensics to help solidify the case against Rex Hewerman. They put on their little blue booties. I'm sorry, that cracked me up suits and little blue booties and they continue to pull out evidence looking mainly for forensics to help solidify the case against Rex Hewerman. They're also looking for any potential trophies that he might have left behind, physical items that he may have taken from his alleged victims, these three young women who were all killed more than a decade ago. And prosecutors say the public and his neighbors here saw a, an ordinary dad, a commuter, by train into New York City to his architecture firm. But behind the scenes, they said he spent money on two things, guns and sex. And they pulled out an arsenal, more than 200 guns from a vault in the basement. And they also, during the course of the investigation, say they found burner phones and unidentifiable email addresses that he used to search for things like child and torture pornography. Wow. Sex from, from workers, at least three of whom he's now accused of killing. Details yeah, this dude. These are very bizarre. Uh, Christina, you've been reporting on this case for quite some time. You actually produced a documentary on the hunt for a serial killer. How were authorities able to find him? So it's actually a combination of three things. Uh, cell phone data, DNA, and then an old clue that investigators took a new look at. Back in September of 2010, a witness reported seeing a first edition Chevy Avalanche parked outside of one of the victim's homes, Amberlynn Costello. Fast forward to last year, 2022, investigators who are honing in on this name of the suspect were able to determine that at the time of the murders, he owned that very same vehicle. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Aaron, there are 10 bodies that were found in this area between 2010 and 2011. Tell us about these victims and what this breakthrough means for those families. These families have thought for a long time, Eva, that their cases weren't being taken seriously because they were sex workers and, and just nobody cared. And it took uh, a oh. new district attorney and new police commissioner in Suffolk County to invite in the FBI. They put some sophisticated cell phone analytics to work, and then they were able to narrow down an area where a potential suspect could, could even live. That's, that's thousands of people. And as Christina mentions, only a handful of those people actually owned the distinctive SUV, and that's how they get to the name Rex Hewerman. Financial records and DNA evidence, including some taken from pizza crust that investigators say they saw Hewerman throwing away outside his office in New York City, led further to him as a suspect, and he was charged with three counts of first-degree murder, three counts of second-degree murder, and part of the reason there's... His office, what, what did he do? 
still here at the house looking for forensics is to try and see if he could be tied to the six other Gilgo Beach victims. And in fact, police beyond Gilgo Beach in New York City and elsewhere in the state are now checking their cold case files to see if there's any connection to this very same suspect. And Christine, I remember covering the case of 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert years ago uh, here in New York. And at that time, you know, police were very concerned, but they were quick to say that it was unrelated mm -hmm. uh, to the series of all these killings here. Uh, what do police know right now? Because mm -hmm. it was her case that actually led up to the silly, yeah. series, serial killings, rather. Shannon Gilbert is so important to this story because had Shannon not disappeared, we might never have found any of these remains. An officer was um, out on Ocean Parkway in December of 2010 looking for Shannon and his police dog, just it was happenstance, came, acro came across the first set of human remains at Gilgo Beach. Shannon was found an entire year later in December of 2011 in a marsh in Oak Beach, which is about three miles away from Gilgo Beach. And at the time, the Suffolk County Medical Examiner ruled it an accidental drowning. That was later called into question by the family, and they asked for an independent autopsy in 2015, for which I was present. And that was conducted by forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Bodden. And Dr. Bodden focused on a very small bone in her neck called the hyoid bone. And the hyoid bone, in her case, had a rough edge to it. And when a hyoid bone is fractured, that's the hallmark sign of a strangulation. So he ruled her death a likely homicide, but Suffolk County Medical Examiner's Office still maintains that it's really undetermined and they believe it was an accidental drowning. Oh, wow. So many questions. So mm -hmm. much we're still learning mm -hmm. in this case. Mm -hmm. ABC editorial producer. I got more for you. I got more. Let's, let's delve deeper into this. Here is a former escort recounting their 2015 date with Rex Hewerman. Go Beach serial killer Rex Hewerman has led to yet another state. Police in Atlantic City, New Jersey now looking into whether he may be connected to any cases related to sex workers there. That's in addition to police in South Carolina and Las Vegas investigating any possible ties to Hewerman. Eyewitness News reporter Stacey live in Massapequa Park. Stacy. Well, Sandra, investigators are now retracing more than a decade of this man's interactions. We know that Rex Hurman met some of his alleged victims as far back as 2010. So the question now, where will the evidence lead next? In a case that continues to stun those who live here in Massapequa Park, one neighbor who lives right next door to the alleged Gilgo killer, reflecting on nearly seven days now of just about everything investigators could remove, from large backyard furniture to computers to Playboy magazines and much, much more. What's been the most significant thing you've seen them pulling out of this house? Guns, one after another. As the Suffolk County Sheriff's Office reveals now that the indictment against Rex Hurman is unsealed, they're questioning sex workers currently in the county jail system for any other potential connections to the alleged serial killer. We do know others have had close calls. Former escort Nikki Brass, who says Hurman solicited her approximately eight years ago. I had a really, really bad feeling. Like, my gut was, like, telling me I needed to get away from him. Especially when he actually mentioned the Gilgo case, she says. When he talked about it, he would, like, speak in a they and hypothetical. But 
he had this like smile on his face that made me really uneasy. She ended the date early. Meanwhile, the investigation now broadened to include Herman's property, both in South Carolina and Las Vegas, Nevada, and two of his Chevy avalanches with potential forensic evidence. Anything from uh, uh, hair to uh, a trophy, souvenir, jewelry, uh, anything that can help us connect these victims to that vehicle will be instrumental and strengthen the case. As these neighbors can't help but recall memories of Herman from the past that seem all the more disturbing now, like when he'd gaze over this fence or when he brought home a giant metal door, which he told his neighbor he needed to seal off a vault in his basement. But he told me back then, this is to protect my guns. Who gets a, you know, a, a door like that, a, a monstrous door like that to protect guns? So, so you're wondering what, Jesus. Might, what else might have been better. God only knows. Yeah, and there's plenty we still don't know. But today, Eyewitness News learned from the Suffolk County Sheriff that at least two sex workers currently in the Suffolk County jail system right now had prior contact with Rex Herman through various social media platforms. And they have audio recordings of him. Herman currently in a special unit in a solo cell in the county jail in Riverhead on suicide watch. So let's go to shit. There's so much. Holy fuck. There's so much about this. Let's go to like, he's got a wife. This motherfucker was married. Was married. She's filing for divorce. Rex Herman's wife. Pictured for the first time. Murders as that case. Pictured for the first time as she files for divorce from the Gilgo Beach serial slaying suspect. Asa Ellerup filed for divorce from her husband, Rex Sherman, on Wednesday. That is Asa Ellerup and Victoria Hurium is the wife and I assume the daughter. I hate that the daughter was pictured in this. I hate that I shouldn't be showing either of them. Neither of them did anything. Dicks. God damn, this is wild. This dude. The Gilgo Beach murder. Fucking goddamn. So his wife has filed for divorce. I feel sorry for her. Not her fault that her husband is a monster. That's wild that apparently she feels she she had no idea. It's also coming out that he apparently did some work in a Trump owned building. Rick's Hurman's 
architecture company was once hired for a project at the Trump building in New York City, according to Unearthed Records. Mr. Hurman, 59, was arrested in connection with the murders of three women who vanished between 2007 and 2010. Apparently, he is now a suspect in dozens? Looking into, he does indeed look like a major creep. Nothing struck me as unusual about him. He was articulate and he was intelligent. This is according to who it is. Whoever the fuck Mr. Brown is. Rex Hurman is indeed the killer. So far, they've linked him to four murders and possibly more. Fucking wild. Content warning on this one. Several areas of the northeast were battered with rain. I'll go to Pennsylvania where two kids are missing after a flash flood killed their mom. Seven inches of rain in 45 minutes caused deadly flash flooding in some parts of Pennsylvania. At least five people have died. And there's now a search and recovery effort underway to find the bodies of two young children, two-year-old Maddie and nine-month-old Conrad. Oh, God damn it. I'd like to extend our deepest gratitude for the enormous efforts of so many emergency personnel who have been working tirelessly in dangerous and difficult conditions to rescue the victims of this horrific tragedy. Scott Ellis is the uncle of the kids. Their mother, Catherine, also died in the flooding. Her fiance, four-year-old son, and mother survived. They I thought it was a rescue effort, but apparently they do not believe those kids are alive, so my apologies. They were driving to a barbecue when Catherine grabbed the little ones and got out of the car after it was overtaken by the water. Jim and Katie's oldest son, Jack, and Katie's mother, Dahlia, somehow managed to survive. First responders want to make one thing about this tragedy clear. These people did not drive into high water. They were caught. This was a flash flood. A vigil is planned in memory of those who died and for the kids still missing. This is Inside Edition Digital. I would assume it has to come on awfully fast if they thought they were on their way to a barbecue. And it wasn't raining at the time. Again, bringing you the worst of humanity. Everything that the, the internet has to offer. We're going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Apparently, children were able to escape a house of horrors. I don't think this was a Halloween-themed uh, amusement ride. I, I think this is legitimately a house of horrors. 
it's really terrible. It's like something out of a horror movie. The outside of the home on 71st Street in Milwaukee hides a nightmare that prosecutors say two boys lived through and survived. These children were essentially confined to their room for much of their lives, and the door had a latch from the outside and the windows were shut. Um, I have finally been able to review videos and photographs of the home, and I can tell you that almost every inch of their walls was covered in human feces. The children ages 7 and 9 breaking out of what police call a terrible hoarding situation and what neighbors call a house of horrors on Thursday. The two boys escaped from this window. A neighbor saw them crawling out of the window barefoot onto the AC unit. They were able to make a run for it. That's when neighbors saw them in the street and called 911. I'm not going to ever forget the way they looked when they came running out of that house. Never forget that. Prosecutors say the boys were naked, covered in feces, blood, and red marks. The look on their faces was pure bewilderment. They just, they were, Jesus fuck. Just looking all around, they could they could not, like I said, I don't think they'd ever been outside before. Police arrested the boy's mother, Katie Koch, and her boyfriend, Joel Mankey. Both are charged with multiple counts of chronic neglect of a child and false imprisonment. According to the complaint, the children's room had feces smeared all over the walls of the room. There was also a latch to lock the door from the outside of the kid's room. What did you notice living across from them? Nothing we that is actually that is something all of us neighbors talked about because we'd never seen either one of the children. According to the complaint, medics took both boys to a hospital where their heads had to be shaved, their hair full of matted feces. Eventually, they'll they'll learn. I mean, they'll Probably get the she said fucking feces. How people really did care about them. Reporting in Milwaukee, Kendall Keys, WISN 12 News. I'm sorry. Well, on we go with more child cruelty. <laughs> this kid got thrown from an amusement park ride. <laughs> it was called Moby Dick. Again, another day at an amusement park turns to terror as a 10-year-old boy is thrown from a ride. The ride called Moby Dick is supposed to hold you in place with a shoulder bar, but somehow the boy slid off and fell 20 feet to the ground. I don't ride those motherfuckers. Young Huntley Daniels was at a festival an hour outside Chicago. That's when he why. Plunged out of the ride, his stunned mom watched the terror unfold and was inconsolable. His little sister blew kisses as her brother was airlifted to the hospital. The Moby Dick ride is featured That's adorable. locations across the USA, and as you can see, there's a shoulder harness that's supposed to keep riders safe and secure. When I rode the Moby Dick at a park in New Jersey today, my shoulder latch was locked and kept me in place. I feel the harness is on pretty tight. So how did this 10-year-old fall out in mid-flight? Elliot Johnson says he was on the same ride as young Huntley Daniels and his shoulder latch became dislodged. My bar was coming up over my head, so I was trying every time I went up because it was going up and I was almost about to fall out, I would slam down to close it. Heather Hippolito says her kids also rode Moby Dick at the festival a week ago and she saw their shoulder harness lifting up. My youngest son, Junior, started freaking out, screaming stop 
and then my eight-year-old Blake started crying and they were literally holding on to their shoulder things. The incident comes two weeks after another scare at an amusement park in Charlotte, where a visitor saw a crack in a support pillar on a roller coaster as riders passed over it. Four days later at an amusement park in Wisconsin, a ride turned terrifying when people were trapped upside down for nearly four hours. Oh my goodness. It suggests to me that we're not doing something right. Uh, it's not our purpose or and amusement rides are not designed to hurt people. For a child to be thrown from a ride, there's got to be some human involvement here somewhere. Illinois officials had inspected Moby Dick this year and said it was safe to operate. We reached out to the makers of the ride as well as the company that leased it to the carnival and did not hear back. I'd love to ride some fucking carnival rides and shit, but I ain't doing it. Okay, okay, this, this, I, we should all not jump to conclusions with this story. Because when you're dealing with cops in Alabama, you do, who the fuck fucking knows if they're telling the truth. So this has been an ongoing case. Harley Russell disappeared exactly if you've ever been a corny you'd hard pass Harley Russell disappeared this happened five six days ago she has reappeared she is safe I think the cops are now accusing her of pulling some kind of a stunt and they're trying to say that the evidence points. Apparently she watched Taken. Before this happened. That's like their evidence, seriously. So the story out of Hoover, Alabama there made uh, national headlines. We're talking about 25-year-old Carly Russell there who um, had called 911 saying that she spotted a toddler on the highway uh, and was said that she had uh, her eye on him, looked like it was a little kid in a white T-shirt and a diaper walking down the highway, um, hangs up with 911. And then apparently calls back a family member. A uh, family member hears her scream, and that was it. And then a massive search uh, went forward to try and find uh, Carly uh, Russell uh, there in Alabama for up to 49 hours until she suddenly returned home. So there were a lot of questions out there. Uh, the media, of course, we were covering it, wondering what could have happened to this young woman. Was she abducted? Who was this toddler? Was there a toddler? We didn't have any details until today. And bottom line, it looks like according to authorities she made the whole thing up for more let's speak. so let's come back to this so this is this is today yesterday the family spoke to the media we're going to come back to that and hear the details that moment you all first laid eyes on her again what was it like to me i mean just so much joy. This morning, in an exclusive sit-down with NBC News, the parents of 25-year-old Carly Russell are speaking out, describing the moment their daughter appeared on their doorstep after being missing for more than 48 hours. What did you do when you saw her? 
We tried to hug her as best we could, but I had to stand back because she was not in a good state. So we had to stand back and let medical let professionals work with her. her. Um, but it's okay. He also apparently Googled about Amber Alerts. To report a toddler walking alone on the interstate. She pulled over while on the phone with a If there was a fine for fake Amber Alerts. Carly scream. Her vehicle's unlocked, running. All her personal belongings except for her phone. On the scene, police found no sign of Carly or a child, and they say no children were reported as missing during that time period. The Russells waited in agony until Saturday night. There were actual, actually just so many calls and texts from people who maliciously lied to us. I just didn't know people could be so evil. Authorities have not indicated where Carly was during the 48 hours she was missing or what happened. Her parents declined to share what their daughter told them, citing the ongoing investigation. And can you tell me what happened Saturday night? Did you just get a knock at the door? Anything leading to, to the case itself, we, we can't discuss that. But they say speculation about the circumstances surrounding Carly's disappearance are only making things worse. She's having to deal with the trauma of people just making completely false allegations about her. Her family now urging the public to let the investigation play out, but mentioning an abductor. Her mother asking to read a brief message to the public. Um, Carly has given detectives her statement um, so that they can continue to pursue her abductor. Do you believe that there's an abductor still out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. NBC News has reached out to the Hoover Police Department to ask whether they're looking for an individual involved. Police have just said they're following up on all information provided by car. So the police held a press conference earlier this afternoon, and this is where we're getting this information from. This is up to date. An ABC News contributor and former FBI agent Brad Garrett. Um, I, just listening to all the details, when the police chief started from the very beginning there, Brad, I thought we were going somewhere, that we were actually going to find out that she was kidnapped and exploited and uh, now she's safe at home. But what it looks like, according to searches on her phone, that she was sort of concocting this story. Now, the police chief didn't come straight out and said that. He sort of said it you know in so many words he's being really careful and then of course we have to be very careful but your gut what happened here what what is this telling you the details that we just got well i'll tell you without any facts when this story first came out it didn't make any sense to me uh obviously people come upon things wrecks injured people in this case perhaps a toddler an injured dog, they call it in, the police corroborate it, they go to the scene. So you start with this case where nothing appears to be real. In other words, there's no toddler. Her car is, I think, some distance from where she called in. Uh, as the police chief mentioned, her car traveled 600 yards. So she's obviously talking on the phone, calling this in when she has no toddler with her. She's just moving along. Again, we still don't know her motive in all of this, but all I'm suggesting is none of this makes any sense. I don't understand why they haven't charged her. 
of making a false police report because she's not providing them anything that would suggest otherwise. And I will say, Kara, if you look at the searches, you look at you always look at people's behavior prior to an event happening. I mean, Amber Alerts, what age do they have to be? The movie Taken, which is about a kidnapping. I mean, it, it, it certainly has a feel that it's she... It's a pretty popular movie. Something else. I don't think that's any indication of anything. And that's what's taken from the car, along with the stuff that she purchased at Target. Um, you know, did she meet a boyfriend? Did she just need to escape for two or three days or for 49 hours? There's something in the middle of some version of that because it, it's pretty obvious that story about getting kidnapped and being held. I mean, there's nothing to support that. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but she's not helping them here. I mean, how many victims would, after going through, quote unquote, being the back of an 18-wheeler, uh, then all of a sudden appear and doesn't appear to have anything wrong with them? I'll also say this. That I thought she did have something wrong with her. She's entirely too casual. It sounds like she's like in a vehicle driver. Do you want to listen to the 911 call? I think this is the 911 call. I... Oh no, this is this is from the night she returned home. Police are en route. Unresponsive email is breathing. 30 m 23. Be advised, we've got a large crowd out here in the street. Quinn 11 on state, on scene staging. Quinn 11 being not only passed. Quinn 11 be advised. Being a security, you can go on in. Agent Powell's on scene. Hulkberg from there. Agent Powell's on scene. Hulkberg from This is the 911 call. Hi, I am on Interstate 459, and there is a pig just walking by themselves. Oh, hold on, hold on. Where, where I'm supposed to go? Um. They're white. 
Trust cops in Alabama. Strange things do happen. That's exactly right, Ada. I I never expected to hear that police were searching a house relation to the Tupac murder. Police in Nevada have confirmed they have served a search warrant this week in connection with the unsolved killing of rapper Tupac Shakur. Detectives carried out the search at a home in Henderson, a suburb of Las Vegas where Shakur was gunned down in September of 1996. Las Vegas Metropolitan Police did not provide further details of the search, citing the ongoing investigation into his murder. Shakur was 25 when he was killed. No arrests have been made, and no suspects are currently in custody. The home that was searched is less than 20 miles from the Las Vegas Strip, where Shakur was shot in a drive-by shooting. LVMPD uh, can confirm a search warrant was served in Henderson, Nirvana, uh, Nirvana, Nevada, on July 17th, 2023, as part of the ongoing Tupac Shakur homicide investigation, we will have no further comment at this time. Bullshit. One day we might find out who killed Tupac. Out with the old, in with the new. I have never heard of rapper YNW Melly. You guys heard of YMW Melly? He on trial for murder. The defense just wrapped up their case. Right now at 5.30, the jury is about to get the case of a South Florida rapper accused of gunning down his two friends after he didn't testify in his own defense. Attorneys for YMW Melly say the victims were his friends. But prosecutors say he did it and then try to cover it up. Local tennis Ian Margle is live with what happened. Why'd you shoot your friends, motherfucker? Ian. The defense only called one witness before resting their case. Now both sides have rested and this trial is coming to a close. 
defense for the rest of their case. The state has no additional evidence or witnesses. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Testimony is officially complete. Like this, this poor rapper dude through this judge who like has to be even baffled by the exit. Like black people have rights. Look how old this motherfucker is. Baffled by the idea of a, a rapper. Testimony is officially complete in rapper YNW Melly's double murder trial. Melly is accused of killing two of his friends, Chris Thomas Jr. and Anthony Williams, after they spent the evening at a Fort Lauderdale recording studio in 2018. Prosecutors say Melly shot and killed the victims in a car after leaving the studio and then staged a drive-by shooting to cover it up. But on Tuesday, the defense called Adrian Davis to the stand, another friend of Melly's who was at the studio that night and left in a different car to head back home. Did there come a time that you were woken up before you got to the house? Yes. What happened? Um, we pulled over and that's when Melly got in the car with us. That's why the defense says it couldn't have been Melly who killed Thomas and Williams. They maintain he wasn't even in that car anymore. And in fact, they say Melly was actually asleep at home when it happened and he, Davis and others all woke up to the news. Are you 100% sure that this young man learned of the shooting of, these, of his friends at the exact same time you learned of it? Yes. And that was at the house? Yes. Are you 100% sure? So those closings begin on Thursday, and then this case will be given to the jury. This jury is going to be sequestered, and that means they will come here to the courthouse. They will begin their deliberations. At the end of the day, though, they will not go home. They will go to a hotel, come back here to the courthouse to continue deliberations. That cycle will continue until they come to a final decision. And if Melly is eventually convicted, he could face anywhere from life in prison to the death penalty in this case. We're live in Fort Lauderdale. I'm Ian Margul, Local 10 News. Ian, thank you. I don't know what I think about this. Do I buy his story he was asleep at home? That sounds sus. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not really buying it. Could have been me. I was asleep at home. Why would he, why would he murder his friends? I didn't really get a motive out of any of that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what his reasoning would have been for murdering his friends. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe he was just on the drugs or something. Is that me being prejudiced? I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a far stretch to think that a rapper pulling a late night in a studio would be on some drugs. Is that prejudice of me? If I was in the music business, I'd be on some drugs. Let me tell you who's on some drugs. These motherfuckers are on some crack. I was on crack. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there are people going and seeing the sound of freedom. That are saying that 
that the theaters are trying to sabotage their experience. So I've been seeing all over TikTok that people are going to watch the movie The Sound of Freedom and these weird things are happening like random emergency evacuations, um, the air conditioning not working and having to leave the theater. And I thought, no, that's probably just something that's happening in other theaters. They took me and my daughters to go watch The Sound of Freedom today and about an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, we get a random emergency evacuation. None of the staff knows what's going on. The mall wasn't being evacuated, just the theater. All they did was refund us our money with no explanation. But I guess you can call me a conspiracy theorist. I will call you a conspiracy theorist. Absolutely. The word of mouth smash hit, which shocked Hollywood by beating the new Indiana Jones flick at the box office, tells the real-life, quote-unquote, <laughs> the real-life story of anti-child trafficking campaigner and former Homeland Security agent Tim Ballard, played by Jim Caviezel. As he attempts to set up an organization known as Operation Underground Railroad, which is now distance itself from Ballard. Ballard played by Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel is batshit crazy. And you don't have to take my word for it. I'll let Jim Caviezel tell you about it. I also want to say to Donald Trump that when you watch this movie, you will be at peace and at rest because you, more than anyone, have done incredible. This seems like a hostage hostage video. Like they've got they've got some some dude telling them to praise Allah over to the other side. Was that racist of me? Cancel okay. Justin. Um, Jesus talks about that, uh, you know, faith without works is dead. First James, I believe, but it is dead. And Donald Trump, people talk about how private he is about his faith. Well, he's getting it done for our Lord and Savior. And our Judeo-Christianity, when you go back to David, you know, Trump is like that. Here's a boy that was called out. Many people didn't like him, including his own. I'm talking about David now, his own father. And he was selected by God. And I believe Donald Trump was selected by God Almighty. And I'm talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God. And he listened to the voice and probably didn't think he was the best guy. Or maybe he thought he was the best guy because in my opinion, he's pretty great. <laughs> But a guy like him will be able to sit there and watch this and feel safe and at peace. And I think that... And that's, he, he is hitting on something. It allows these assholes to feel like they're doing something by watching a movie. They're doing absolutely fuck all, but making shitheads like Jim Caviezel and... Tim Ballard, Rich. Flash, they have been accused by organizations that actually fight trafficking of contributing 
uh, to the problem by flashing around money and asking for children and like people being like, all right, we'll go find you children. They have very little uh, evidence that they've rescued anyone. Uh, one organization accused them of predominantly doing things to uh, get PR footage. A lot of people that watch this that are following God feel that way. Now, those that aren't will feel a disturbance. Because God's going to ask him, why aren't you doing what I need? God's going to cut you down. And to a lot of the pastors as well, including Hollywood actors um, and celebrities that were given these incredible gifts, but they were bought and they were paid for. But there's still a chance to turn. And these children represent God. They're the most innocent and like God, and that's why the devil wants to kill them, wants to hurt them. It's always been this way since Pharaoh and then to Herod and to now, but more than ever, and enslaving them and doing many, many things, including organ harvesting and adrenochroming them. And I will say that till I'm, you know, I'm dead. It, it's true. And adrenochroning them. A lot of things that are going to come out will eventually get to see what Trump talked about, the Hunter, Hunter uh, laptop from hell. What's on that? It's from hell. Well, I have a good idea what's on that, and it's pretty bad. Come on, man. So, Ballard left Operation Underground Railroad after an investigation into claims made by employees. The anti-trafficking activist, whose story was the basis for Sound of Freedom, left his own organization after an internal investigation. An anonymous letter sent to employees of and donors to the anti-trafficking group Operation Underground Railroad asserts that founder Tim Ballard left the organization recently after an internal investigation into claims made against him by multiple employees, something which R does not dispute. The letter was shared with Motherboard by a person active in Utah philanthropic circles who said that it was a topic of conversation among our donors. A separate source who did not mention the letter reached out to Motherboard last week to report that employees at R learned recently about an internal investigation at R into allegations against Ballard. Do we not exactly know what the... What the claims are he has now been removed from a different organization he was apparently the CEO at a Glenn Beck backed fund called the Nazarene Fund the news follows his mysterious departure from Operation Underground Railroad the other anti-trafficking organization of which he was the most recognizable face Tim Ballard, the celebrity anti-trafficking activist whose heavily fictionalized exploits 
served as the inspiration for the surprise box office hit Sound of Freedom, is no longer the CEO of the Nazarene Fund. Oh my God! There's something funky going on with this dude. Something getting ready to come out about him. It, like I saw somebody describe this as uh, Coney for boomers. And it is. That's exactly like Tim Ballard's going to be jacking it in San Diego before the end of the month. Bet on it. Jagging it, jagging it, jagging it. The Nazarene Fund did not answer follow-up questions about the circumstances or timing of Ballard's departure or his current relationship to the organization. Representative for Ballard did not immediately respond to a request for comment. He also did not immediately respond to a message sent through the contact form on his personal website. Ballard's no longer being the CEO of the Nazarene Fund, which, as Motherboard has previously reported, appears to have at times exaggerated its role in exfiltrating the Afghan girls' national soccer team from the country. Sound of freedom. All right, here's what everyone really came for. Country singer Jason Aldean responds to controversial small town video before Ohio shows. The 27 time country chart topper has been embroiled in a controversy regarding his single Try That in a Small Town. Take a look at Jason Aldean here. Get a good look at him. Hey, boy. All right, let me add here. I got one for you. One that I used on the thumbnail for the show. Looks like he's having an orgasm on stage. Jason Aldean. Days before a scheduled Riverbend concert, Jason Aldean's perceived political and social beliefs have again landed him in a controversial media moment. On July 14th, this is probably going to up his sales. The 27-time country music chart topper posted a video to social media promoting his May-released single, Try That in a Small... So this even came out a couple months ago. Aldean is scheduled to bring his Highway Desperado tour. A statement associated with the release he noted when you grow up in a small town is that unspoken rule of we all have each other's backs 
and we look out for each other. It feels like somewhere along the way, that sense of community and respect has gotten lost. Deep down, we are ready to get back to that. I hope my new music video helps you all know that you are not alone in feeling that way. Go check it out. Swiftly, online critics highlighted the following song lyrics as emblematic of songs highlighting pro-gun violence and lynching sentiments upon many in his rural, small-town fan base. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough? We'll try that in a small town. See, I don't even know how you rhyme these lyrics together. See how far you make it down the road around here. Son, I'm from a small town. I want to spit in a cop's face. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long. Uh... For you to find out, I recommend you don't try that in a small town. Moreover, many viewers noted that scenes in the video were shot at the Maury County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, where an African-American man named Henry Chote was lynched in 1927. The site is also where the infamous Columbia race riot occurred in 1946. And goddamn if that doesn't look ominous. Tacklebox, the production company for Aldine's video, said the location is a popular filming location outside of Nashville and cited several music videos and films that have been filmed there. They include the Lifetime original movie, Stepping Into the Holiday with Mario Lopez and Jaina Kramer. Well, they're not fucking talking about protests and shit. They're not making a political statement. A music video from Runaway June, We Were Rich, a Paramount holiday film. Like, they're like fucking snow in front of the courthouse and doing like a fucking romantic kiss. Makes things a little different. Let's see what we got here. Oh God, it sucks. It doesn't even rock. Oh my god, what is wrong with him? It clinically says don't watch it. It's not going to be good content. I shouldn't watch it. Like just the first riffs tell me like it's 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 shit. Isn't his wife like really vocal on social media or something? Oh, see, it's totally, it's totally. This wife is vocal to these nuts. It's a political statement with the flag and the imagery up on the courthouse. There's no way around it. Yeah, you should just fucking own it, goddammit. it. 
Fuck Jason Aldean. He passed out on stage, by the way. It that was that was um that was my freaking news earlier today. It was about Jason Aldean. Like this, I, when I picked out this story, I didn't even uh, I didn't even know about this video. CMT CMT removed the video. That happened like today or yesterday. But when I did this story, I, I like that hadn't even happened. Jason Aldean suffered a heat stroke on stage. <laughs> there were people on TikTok arguing about whether he was a racist or not on a video that had nothing to do <laughs> with that video that we just watched. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it on the theme of country music artists. Miranda Lambert apparently like called out some fans for taking selfies. Another GMA cover story, country star Miranda Lambert stopped a show to call out fans for taking a selfie. It sparked a debate online about concert etiquette. That's what I just said. Coming back with the details. Hey, Janae. Hello again, George. So they, you know, the old saying goes, picture or it didn't happen. That's the world we live in. Everyone's always got their phone. But for Miranda Lambert, while she was performing, it was annoying and she called it out. This morning, Miranda Lambert making headlines after halting her show in Las Vegas in the middle of her performance. She bad. Calling out concert goers for taking pictures while she sang her hit single, Tin Man. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. Adela Kalin says she and her friends were taking these pictures when Miranda told them they should be paying attention to the show instead of taking photos. She said these girls are more interested in taking selfies. And then she said, sit down. I thought, I feel like I'm being back in school. Wow. Me and my friends did something that annoyed the teacher and she scolded us and she told us to sit down. After the incident at the 7,000 person venue Planet Hollywood, where Lambert is doing her Las Vegas residency, she restarted the song from the beginning. Shall we start again? She mad. Everybody was having such a great time. We, were, we would stand up at times and dance. It was great energy. But after that happened, it was just, uh, it was not the same. A representative for the singer telling ABC News overnight Lambert had, quote, no statement to add. GMA chose the absolute worst picture of her. Experts saying fans snapping pictures at concerts is typically all a part of the show. Taking photos at concerts seems to be like a very normal occurrence, but I do think that as a performer, these sorts of incidents do happen all the time, and it seems like Miranda just took this a little bit too personally. So some venues actually prohibit phones and make you lock them away in those little magnetic cases. That clearly wasn't the case here, but some fans can be heard in the background of videos leaving the concert after Lambert's comments. Many arguing if they paid, they should be allowed to enjoy the show how they want, like all your selfies at Taylor Swift's show, George. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I see the artist's point of view. I see how like it bothers other concert goers. 
Like there were there were like uh, there were a couple youngins that talked the entire time through Lady Gaga singing uh, a million reasons when I saw Lady Gaga and that really annoyed me but also they paid to be there so like I'm 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 torn definitely don't throw like beer cans at performers apparently the dude that is the singer for foreigner i don't even think he's this he's he's not the original singer but apparently he got walloped with a beer can which has been a problem lately it's dangerous i mean um when you're standing on stage and you have a spotlight on you what it does is it blinds you yeah you can't, you can't see. see the audience so you can't see anything that's coming at you uh, i can verify very, this very dangerous um, and over the course of time, I've had many things thrown up on stage, um, including full un unopened cans of beer. Um, and, uh, and it's, and it's tough because at, at, at the best, I can see something right at the last minute when it crosses the spotlight, you know, and, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's. It just like everything else, someone sees it and they go, "Oh, that's a thing, a bandwagon to get on. Let me do that. It'll be funny, and you know, it'll be, and I'll, and I'll get some kind of TikTok out of it." Or, but they're not thinking that they're like they're hurting somebody, and supposedly somebody they're there that they like, they're there to see. You know? <laughs> Each time it feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. <laughs> that was horrible of me. I'm a horrible person. That's a foreigner song. That's a foreigner. He may be the original. I don't think he's the original. He may be. I don't know. This sailor and his dog got rescued. This is cool. First, though, right here for you, we want to tell you about this incredible story. Maybe you've seen it on social media of survival from the Pacific Ocean. A 54-year-old sailor from Australia and his dog rescued now after three months adrift at sea. The pair was rescued by a Mexican fishing ship. Timothy Shattuck told an Australian news station that his boat was disabled by a storm, and he and his dog, Bella, they lived on raw fish and rainwater for months. God damn. Rescued them, fed them, gave them food and water. But Chetik says apart from rest and good food, he's, quote, in very good health. In fact, his blood pressure, as shown in the photo, 111 over 86. After being out in the ocean all that time, the pair left from Mexico, headed to French Polynesia back in April. But bad weather hit within weeks of their departure. Doesn't seem real. And he kept him in the puppy fed. Interesting story. And I, even more interesting that the dogs are like they right, both survived right, together. Right. And because you have to feed the dog. Yeah. I mean, right, yeah. don't forget that, that, the trade off there. But also I'd feed the dog before I'd eat because like I don't know what the ratio is here, but you can get sick from of that. eating it. Right. And that can be a really big problem when you're in the middle of the on your own. Well, all right. I would say he fed the dog like better than he fed himself. Look at him. His blood pressure, as shown in the photo, one eleven. That motherfucker knew how to fish. 
He he was probably like well stocked up and shit, right? Because it said he was making a pretty big trek. Eleven over eighty-six. After being out in the ocean all that time, the pair left from Mexico. Sweet puppy. Back in April, but bad weather hit within weeks of their departure. Doesn't seem real. Wild. It is, it is an Three interesting months. story, and I, even more interesting that the dogs are, like, they right, both survived right, together. Because right. you have to feed the dog. Yeah. I mean, right, yeah. don't forget that's, that's, the trade-off there, but also... I hate fucking banter. Oh, my God, this was their kicker. That's what it's called, right, in, in TV. Because it's my kicker. It's a, I'm doing exactly what they're doing. God damn it. Because I'm getting ready to like be like, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. But like, this is, this is the kind of story you do right at the ass end of the, of the news. And then like, if they've got, uh, <laughs> you fool. But if they've got, uh, say they've got like fucking 20 seconds, 30 seconds to fill. Like, they're like, oh, you got to vamp until the end of the show. And that's what they're doing. They've got fucking 20, 30 seconds to fill. <laughs> Where is Rudy? Do you think we're stupid? You think we're and I hate that banter. They always say the dumbest fucking shit while they're trying to fill time. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. They got another they got another 10 seconds of this awkward bullshit. The raw fish thing is interesting because, like, I don't know what the ratio is here, but you can get sick from off of that. eating it, and right. that can be a really big problem when you're in the middle of the on your own. Well, all right. See? <laughs> that's our show for tonight. See, they're getting ready to do the wrap-up and do the, the credits and everything. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun. Before you hit the sack. <laughs> I'm just a freaking. We'll see you tomorrow night, probably, unless I, like, fall asleep and miss the show again. Sorry.